And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Griffin's here. And for the final Friday in 2023, Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box, back in studio with us. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Glenn. Good to see you, Griffin. I think Stan, whenever I use the words like final, as it's describing, I think Stan is like, what are you, are you trying to say? I'm about to die? What are you trying to say this is the last one ever? I wasn't thinking Not that. at all. Not at all. A uh, lot to do today. We will get you ready for Ravens-Dolphins. Leroy Horde, of course, once played for the Baltimore Ravens, albeit only for like a few weeks. And they moved in 1996. He's now a talk show host on WQAM in Miami. He'll tell us a little bit about what to expect in Sunday's matchup. Didn't he play for the uh, the Grey Cup champions? I don't think he did. I don't think he was on that roster. No? Okay. There were a few NFL players on that roster. Obviously, the great O.J. Bergantz. Uh, Josh Miller, who went on to punt for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for a number of years. There's a lineman that was on that team that ended up going on and playing in the NFL. And I can't think of off the top of my head. Was it the kid... Was it the kid who was the father of the basketball player? Oh, Eldridge, Alfred, Alf- Alfred, Alfred, Alfred Payton, Payton is who you're thinking was of. It, was it I don't know if Alfred Payton ever played in um, the NFL. Not, I, even I mean, a, not even a cup of coffee. Maybe. I just I don't know off the top of my head. Apparently, Alfred Payton Jr. is no longer playing in the NBA. That was a, that was a short-lived run. He's now with uh, the Indiana Mad Ants. So, oh, boy. that's a, that's when your career is really <laughs> taking off. You get the get the call from the Mad Ants. <laughs> um, also coming up this morning, uh, Chuck Pagano is going to return to the program. Of course, former Ravens defense coordinator. Is he the coach of the Great Cup? Don't champion? think so. I believe that was Don Matthews. I think, but we'll double check on that when we talk to Chuck Pagano. Um, is with the thirty third team now, and we'll get his thoughts on a huge, huge matchup. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. If you are betting Sunday's game, the best place to do it is Superbook. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23. Although I'm pretty sure GlennClark23 is better. It's the exact same offer. I just the, think mine the stats is better. Say, the stats say you win your bets I more? Think that's, really? I think that's what it says. Interesting. Technically, in uh, Stan and I's picks, that is exactly what it said this year. <laughs> Uh, but the yeah, line is back to three for Sunday at Superbook. And if you use that code, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. All right. Um, I want to talk about Joe Flacco in the first segment. I want to have a, a chat, a conversation. I want to do this. And not not the silly thing that Griffin's been doing. That I don't want to so do that. What are you the, talking about? By the way, the comeback player of the year odds have changed dramatically. Starting, People are starting to believe there's a world in which the voters will say, sure, DeMar Hamlin died and then came back to life, but Joe Flacco didn't play football for nine weeks and now all of a sudden is playing football at a very high level. Um, it's, I think it's one – DeMar Hamlin's minus 150 now wow. and Joe Flacco's plus 100. Darn. I saw Flacco at, like, plus 350 or something yeah, earlier like, in the week, and I, I was like, he's not going to win it. Right. And then, DeMar Hamlin died. Yeah. And then, is, you know, played football again. He's They're just going to win by default. Uh, maybe. But how many games has he played? Like then? three. You're right. I want to say that's, he's gotten. That's the only thing. Joe Flacco playing at a very, yes, very, at a very high, high level. level. There's been a weird amount of hubbub this week in Baltimore, and it's been turned into a topic whether or not it's okay to root for Joe Flacco right now. And it's interesting to me. 
Stan, because I think a lot of us would have to admit that we've probably turned on a game or had it on in the background or something like that where Joe Flacco was playing, and we couldn't help but feel good for Joe Flacco. We couldn't help but get caught up in it. While obviously him arriving and what he's done for the Cleveland Browns has turned around what looked like it was going to be a season that was going to fall apart for them. And they're still, like, if the Ravens don't beat the Dolphins now, they'll go into Week 18 having to win in order to just win the AFC North. Like, there's still a scenario that exists now because the Browns have won, was it four straight games, where they could still win the division if they were to win next week and the Ravens were to lose both of their last two games. The other thing that Joe Flacco has accomplished, to me, he's clearly placed himself in a position he might get like a two-year contract next year. From who? In, from someone. Yeah, that's the, the Browns. Not the, the Browns. They well, can't no, do that. And he won't see a, a play. You know, he, he wants to play at this point in time to sort of re reestablish that he was a terrific player. If that's okay. what he wants to do, right? Yeah. Like, if it, it might be that he sort of says, hey, this was a great way to go out. Right. You know, like right. this. I don't see that happening. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to make of it because yeah. I. D- I also just don't know how many teams. I don't know that we're not going to be in the exact same spot this year that we were last year, where teams just say, "Yeah, we'd rather take a first round pick at quarterback." And right. I don't know how much Joe Flacco would want to go into next year mm-hmm. as a backup, as a you know. I, I don't know, but we'll see how that plays out. But wouldn't you agree? Right this moment, yeah. there are probably eight or ten teams that would be better but, next year I, with Joe Flacco I, as their quarterback. I don't quarterback. disagree whatsoever. Yeah. It just seems like in the NFL, those teams would probably all say but we'd rather have J.J. McCarthy as our quarterback moving forward than uh, Joe Flacco. I I asked this question thinking that it's layered and it's complicated, but do you think it's okay for Baltimore Ravens fans to be rooting for Joe Flacco right now? I think it's fine for them to root for him right now, you know, to see him play as as well as possible. I'm, I'm happy for him, you know, right now. Do I want him to, to, to you know, pull off the uh, inside straight and beat the Ravens no, in a playoff not. game? No, no. But I think it's fine to root for him right now. I think it's weird because I think going into last night, the answer should have been. And again, this is the, when I say it's layered. No one actually believes that how you root for a game impacts what happens in the football game. If you think that, then I. I Either seek help or come see me about some oceanfront property that I have available for you in Cumberland, and and we can deal with that. If you actually feel that way, then you're you're a psychopath. That said, when you sat down to watch the football game last night, the best result was that the Jets would beat the Browns, and then the Ravens would have clinched the AFC North, and we wouldn't have to think about that anymore. Wasn't there still some way if the Jets had won out that they would beat the Ravens? The Jets? The Browns. I'm The Browns still, had a path to the, still have a path to the one seed. No, we, we right, just we, said we, that. Yeah, we were talking right. about that okay. in a second. It's okay. Were you it's paying a, attention? It's a, it's a good show. Okay. Sometimes it's a good show. It's it's worth it. It's a good show sometimes. Um, I, I think that going into last night, you should have been capable of saying, I'm not rooting. I can't root for Joe Flacco tonight. I can't do it. I'm I'm rooting for the the scenario that's best for the Baltimore Ravens. I've had three or four people over the last ten days to two weeks have lamented that that somehow 
Joe Flacco is going to come into town. Right, and, and, and ruin and all ruin, of this. Ruin crash, all of crash the party, ruin it. I mean, it makes for a great story. Well, it, it makes for a great it's, – oh. it's not a great story for me, but it makes fans thinking about it, wow, that would be really wild if he ended up beating the guy that took his job in the town where he won a Super Bowl – you know, if uh, if you are a neutral party, it is it's, an, it's an insane story. Yeah. And what this week, what if we get to the divisional round of the playoffs here in Baltimore, and the matchup we're getting ready for is Ravens Browns? It's going to be for for what we do. It's going to be gold. It is going to be utter pandemonium that week. Everything about it. Isn't that the week you're taking on? No, it'd be the week. I, it'd be the week I'm back. Yeah, I'd be off the week of that. I'm really hoping there's That's no. That's right. Wild they card. wouldn't play if the Ravens. If the Ravens win Sunday, I'm a, I'm very much rooting for the Ravens, the Ravens to win, win Sunday, Sunday, so that I'm not missing a playoff week. Imagine doing this for a living. You got to put up with months where it looks like Maryland basketball is going to be irrelevant, and you're trying to just desperately get to football season, and you miss the playoff week. Yeah. Imagine if that were the case, or what would we be do for It'd be very embarrassing if that were the case. Um, but I'll be there, Baltimore. Correct. Yes, yeah, I'll be there. Stan and KZ have us covered, and I appreciate that. But and me, yes, yeah. yeah, and Griffin. Thank you. And Griffin, Griffin will be Bash, here. One hundred percent. Griffin's not taking off. He's not. My God. Going on a Disney cruise in January. January's playoff time. What the hell is going on around here? What were you thinking? I was not my. I did not make the schedule. This is a, a gift from my parents, and so God, God bless them. Don't I they work know? Around, I the, the third week of February would be. In fairness, my play perfect. by my play by play schedule would be much worse. Oh, like January. when we actually yeah. when we looked at all of the options for a time that this we could go. Best, yeah. My play by play schedule once lacrosse season starts, which now of course starts the end of January. It's hell again. And, of course, so. Mrs. Clark bought these tickets last year before Lamar had right, even before, signed. At it that looked point, like there he was a real gonna, chance. Yeah. Yeah. Will Levis could have been the quarterback of the Ravens <laughs> at that point. So, maybe Joe Flacco. Yeah, maybe. Joe Flacco <laughs> might have been the quarterback of the Ravens at that point. Um, obviously, that would be, you know, that would be. By the way, we did Would You Rather Wednesday the other day, Stan, and we said, Would you rather the, the Ravens get the number one seed? Right. Would you rather the matchup in the divisional round be the Browns or the Bills? I'd much rather it be the Browns. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. still think the Bills are more dangerous because yeah. of Josh Allen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really confused on this one because I've felt That's, that way for some time, yeah. but like the Browns defense is definitely better. There's no question that the Browns defense is pointedly better than the Bills. And given what they've been doing offensively. Their coach, though, is a better uh, game coach. Uh, Something McDermott uh, or Stefanski? Which one? McDermott. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I really, I Stefan. What Stefanski's done in adapting an offense in the middle, midway point of the season, what they have done to completely change the team midway through the year, mm-hmm. taken everything out that they were doing with Deshaun Watson, and said, instead, we're going to do completely different things. It's wild to me. Yeah. Wild to me that the job that they have done. I, I come back to I, I, what you said, to say you're watching Joe Flacco and you feel good for Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco was a beloved figure in this town, was someone who delivered a championship to this town, and we will always be grateful for Joe Flacco. He was, on, he was underappreciated to a certain extent. I, I would tend to agree with that. If we had that conversation, I have no problem with it. I think there's also been a weird rehashing of the Joe Flacco thing that's happened, and I think some of it is ugly and some of it is more racial than people want to acknowledge it is. I think there are a group of people that 
have have used this like well Joe Flacco was treated poorly by the Baltimore Ravens and so I I pull for him and I would like to see like I think there's a weird sort of dichotomy that has created with a small group of people a, a minority of fans in Baltimore that would tell you I'm like oh, I would feel good for Joe Flacco if he came into Baltimore and beat the Ravens because the Ravens did him wrong. And I don't, one, understand what the point of being a sports fan is. If, yeah, if you're just rooting for vengeance. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what, the, what is that. Why, my God, like, watch movies. You know, do something else. I just don't think this is professional wrestling. will provide you lots of that. Go watch some of that a little bit. But it's also a weird rehashing. Did the Ravens do Joe Flacco wrong? I, no different than how any team... They did Joe Flacco wrong in that they never gave him wide receivers, right? Now, they also did Lamar Jackson wrong in not giving him wide receivers for a few years. It, it took them, what, five years in to figure out maybe we need to put some wide receivers on the field for the other quarterback, too. Like, the Ravens had a problem with the wide receiver position that transcended quarterbacks. Every quarterback they've had in their history has been done wrong with a failure to understand the significance or to identify the correct wide receivers to put on the field with that quarterback. So did they do Joe Flacco wrong in that way? I, sure, but no different than anyone. It wasn't unique to Joe Flacco. In fact, it, for the 2012 season, they had about as competent of a group of wide receivers as they've had in Ravens history on the field with Joe Flacco. After that, not so not much. Not so much. Yes, not so much. So that it's been a weird rehashing of the conversation from that point, and I don't know what to make of it. I do understand feeling good for Joe Flacco. I do understand that part of it. And even if you're not in Baltimore, I think the story is transcendent. If you live in Sheboygan, I would think that you would be able to look at this story and say, this is amazing. Like, this is really remarkable what's happening that someone... It, it It's even more so because he's been nothing for the last few years. Yeah. This isn't... You know, a quarterback who retired at the height of their success coming back off the couch. This is a quarterback who's five years removed from any sort of competent quarterback play or, or quality. Competent's not fair. Quality quarterback play. Five years removed. Yeah. Out of the league. I, if you it's never. Really unpre- it's really kind of unprecedented, you know, oh, in I, terms of of somebody as you characterize it, you know. I don't know that I could even yeah. fathom who I could compare this to. I'm, yeah. I I can't think of anything to say it's unprecedented. My God, I, I I'm sure somebody would point out a quarterback that, that like toiled in obscurity for a little while that was given a chance at the end. And I'm was, sure there has been somebody, but uh, yeah, but like f- Jim but, Jim Plunkett maybe. I'd have to go back and look at the years on Jim Plunkett to see. I mean, he was pretty. Yeah, far removed. He from- was. He was. You're right. Um, Still, but, I, but that's like forty-five years ago. Correct. So the point still stands. It's almost unprecedented. It's really remarkable. Yeah. Um, as we shift towards Ravens Dolphins on Sunday today's show, by the way, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan, you were hanging out with us on Project Game Day on Monday night after yes, the I, game. Yes, I was. And you almost immediately brought up this question, and it's something that I've discussed this week, and I don't think it's absurd to talk about, which is how emotionally charged 
the Ravens went over the 49ers appeared to be. And because of that, were you at all concerned that they would be able to get back to the place where they needed to be for the game that ultimately was more important than the 49ers the following week? And I've posed it to a few of the people that we've talked to this week, and most of them have said this Ravens team uniquely. I appreciated Sal Palantonio's answer yesterday where like, he acknowledged this is maybe one of the most unique talent challenges an NFL team has ever experienced. That To face the highest level of competition that you can face in each conference in back-to-back games over a span of six days, throwing in a holiday and cross-country travel on top of it, mm-hmm. that there is almost no comparison. And when he said that yesterday, a few people tried to, like, seek out. Like, I had somebody say, well, you know, in, in, in 2018 or 2019, the Ravens played the Rams and the 49ers in back-to-back weeks. I'm like, yeah, that's not the same. Yeah. Like, it's just not the same. And that Rams team was okay, but they certainly weren't this. This is literally the best team that you can face in each conference, the highest caliber of opponent, in a span of six days with a cross-country trip thrown in there. And I and think a it's... Day short, and a day short... Correct. day short of rest. And, uh, and by the way, they didn't even get back in until like mid-morning on Tuesday from San Francisco. I don't think they landed until about 9.30 on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even do a practice on Wednesday because they were still kind of getting everything back together after a short week. I, the... That said, even Sal Palantonio said, even acknowledging that, I just think this Ravens team and the leadership on this team and the number of veterans and all that, I don't have any concern about their ability to get back up to that emotional place. As you've been removed for a few days, how are you feeling about that aspect going into Sunday? Um, I still have some concerns about it, but what's interesting is the position – you know, when I when I pose that question, what I didn't take into account is that the Dolphins had for them a game. very significant game, mm-hmm. albeit at home, not cross country travel. They don't have the day. They have to also reach a crescendo of playing at the highest intensity. And I th- I'm expecting this to be a really good football game. I expect that as well. They get the benefit of, like, they can try to create the emotional chip on their shoulder by being the underdogs going into this, and they can try to use that to fuel themselves this but week. But it's not and, as much being a three-point underdog right, as because a six-point yeah, underdog. If the Ravens were three-point underdogs in San Francisco, everybody would have said, yeah, that's four or four-and-a-half even. That's but probably about six right. six yeah. was really... It was alarming. It yeah. was it was alarming, and I think it was right... I think the Ravens were well within their right to... to be insulted. ...to use that yep. for fuel and to say that is disrespectful. That's not just we're on the road. That's you think we're significantly worse than this team and look at what we've done this This year this isn't we're even on a neutral field this is like you know saying hey they're that and then some correct and so yes to your point i don't know the dolphins can quite use it as the same disrespect type of fuel and i doubt there's going to be a lot of national media folks that are going to say we think the ravens are going to throttle the dolphins that'll uh help to, to to use that to their advantage i probably side with it's and I think I said this time, I'm filing it away. I, I do think it'll be interesting out of the shoot. One of the things that we pointed out about the 49ers game is coming out of the shoot, they were flying around. Marlon Humphrey in particular yeah, set he, a he, tone. He played a really he played at the caliber he's paid. Early, early in that game, he was all over the place. I mean, he looked like a Tasmanian devil out of the shoot on Sunday. And you could tell 
they were kind of emotionally in a different place. And so it'll be interesting to see out of the shoot this Sunday, and I said Sunday, obviously the game was Monday. This Sunday, it'll be interesting to see in the first quarter, is that level of intensity on display the same way? Are they Do they appear as intense, or are they still kind of getting their weight back underneath them and you know they went through a lot this week, and now that will be something that I'll monitor in the first quarter. Yeah. But am I afraid of it? I don't think so. I don't mm. think I'm afraid of it. I think that they are very aware of what the stakes are. I think they're capable. This team seems to be capable of meeting that moment. You know, I, I think they have proven that time and time again throughout the course of the year. Obviously, we know it, it's the, funny. The next worry will be after after we beat the Dolphins and then get the the one week off. Is can they get back intensely? Oh, to I, play either we, Buffalo. Or we talked. Cleveland. We talked about this, Rita and I, the other night. Like. Next week's conver- if the Ravens win on Sunday, next week's conversation becomes very fascinating mm-hmm. because the conversation becomes, is it smart to have two weeks off? Is it smart for you to rest your players knowing you've got a buy that follows that? Like, can you really do the bit where your guys are going to end up shutting it down for two weeks, essentially, ahead of playing the most important game of the season? Now, we pray that's a conversation we get to have. That's that's a good problem to deal with in comparison to having to sweat it out the final week and not being assured that you're even going to get a bye and all of the other scenarios that could play out. But we pray this is a topic that you end up having to discuss. It will be a relevant conversation and one that there is not an obvious answer to if we get to that point next week. There is no correct answer to should you play your guys in a meaningless game in week 17 versus is there a risk to it's having these Steeler guys? Steeler week. It's Steeler week. I, I don't care at that point if the Ravens lose by 50 to the Steelers. I just don't care. I just don't want anybody to get hurt. I am so terrified. To me, that will probably be the answer. I will be forever terrified of it. But as we always point out, you can only. this isn't like the preseason where you can put a bunch of backups on the field. You only get to have 53 players on your roster. You, you, can, only, yeah. you can only rest so many of them in any game during the course of a season because you only have 53 that are there that are available to you. Um, you we haven't made our picks yet this week, but do you start to have a sense of where you're going? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. Okay. I'm pretty confident. Okay. Although I really like their head coach. I mean, I really respect – I think this guy's going to be a terrific head coach. I think he's done a very good job. I would I would contend that I think some of that is he's had good players mm-hmm. and it's easy to look like a really good head coach when you have really good players. Although in fairness, Brandon Staley had pretty good players too and you know didn't work out quite so. He's not much. still coaching the Chargers? No, it didn't work out for uh for old yeah. uh, Brandon Staley. It just did not work out quite the same way. He is somebody I think will get a second chance and might do much better eventually. But it Eventually. was pretty, I mean, it's like four or five years yeah. from now. Yeah. yeah, he'll have to go back and have a really good defense somewhere for the next couple of years in order to have that. But like if, right now, you know who I think is still a very hot candidate would be Quinn. You know, the Quinn, Cowboys. Yeah, probably. You know. I mean, this is a guy that led a team to a Super Bowl. Should have won a Super Bowl, obviously, yeah. if not for the greatest collapse in football history. Right. Um, I like it, that comparison that you bring up. Like, if you told me right now, definitively, who's the better coach, Mike McDaniel or Robert Sala, for example? Uh-huh. I think highly of Robert Sala too. Yeah, he hasn't had the play. They haven't had he the hasn't players. Had a quarterback, you know. And that's the like. I don't know how to judge which them is one of them is definitively a better head coach. If Robert Sala had the group of guys in Miami, I think that he'd have a different story than what he's had in New York, where I think he's 
he's been it's, up, it's, up against the wall. It's interesting, though, talking about Flacco and the success he's shown now. Had the had they hired Sala and said, you know what, there's this veteran quarterback out there. Let's commit to. Let's commit to Joe Flacco for three, two to three years. I think that Robert Sala's tenure would be a lot firmer. Ground, you know they they and made they'd, a they'd major. Have, they'd have to have a better offensive line than they, they, they've had. But obviously. they made a major miscalculation oh. in who they drafted. Well, there's no question yeah. about that. I mean, that's a spectacular failure, yeah. of course, with Zach Wilson. All right, stand the. Fan. I saw his mother the night of the draft, uh-huh. and I said she's too like sort of hot looking to have a son. Now wait a second. Yeah, is this is this a scientific? This is a have scientific. You done, I've you, done I've done studies for years and years and years. You know. If you have a hot mom, you can't be a high-level NFL quarterback? <laughs> I got to yeah. go through. Yeah. Griffin, we're going to need to pull some research on this. I'm going to need you to start poking around. I need you to pull up pictures of all of the successful Every. NFL quarterbacks' mothers and figure out if it's possible to have a hot mom and be a high-level NFL quarterback. Yeah. Something, I want something, it, was, something was... I want it, and it's got to be from when they were drafted. You can't yeah. find a picture of, like, you know, I don't want to know what Aaron Rodgers' mom looks like now. Right. That doesn't well, help Aaron Rodgers has no relationship with his mother. Oh, that's right, with any of his family. Yeah, right. <laughs> or anybody, I think. Remember when that story... I think they, his relationship with Robert Sala and the quarterback, what's his name? The uh, Wilson? Zach Wilson. Jack, yeah. No, Zach. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. I think those are two most meaningful relationships he may have ever had with anybody. So scary. Well, that and uh, uh, his boy, Dr. Fauci, obviously, they're very close, mm. the two of them. I think we, I want to get to the bottom of this. I want you to take a minute during commercial break, and I want you to look up pictures. This can't be done during a commercial break. I just want to – No, I want to pull a sample size of, like, 10. Like, you know, get, get uh, you know Joe Burrow's mom, Josh Allen's mom, Patrick Mahomes' mom – you know, I, I want to get like a sample size of ten moms, and we're gonna figure out if you can be a successful quarterback with a hot mom. This is important. This is the, this is the Glenn Clark Radio difference. This is what we do that no, no question one, about no one else is willing to do today. We're getting to the bottom of it. That's my promise. Stan, I know you've been off this week, but you're going to be back in action starting next week. Yeah, uh, I think we'll uh, we'll hang, hold on till Tuesday to do the baseball show, and then uh, Thursday I will be back with uh, Eric Garfield talking some uh, baseball prospecting. All right, that's Stan, Luke, and Ross next Tuesday, and then after that every Monday. Facebook.com slash pressbox sports, YouTube.com slash pressbox online. If you miss it live. When we come back in, we're going to be joined by Leroy Horde, who briefly played for the Ravens once upon a time. Now he's a radio host in Miami. We'll preview the Dolphins next here on GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, a couple of things. Things really importantly, we talked about uh, Project Game Day. It was great to see Stan hang out with us for Project Game Day last week. We'll be doing it again this Sunday, following Ravens Dolphins. Hope you'll come hang out with us, myself, Rita, Femi, Andrew Stecka, KZ, Josh Charles. It's been a a fun, fun show all season long. We hope that you'll join us. It's all brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. You can watch the show live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. We will see you following Ravens-Dolphins this Sunday here in Baltimore. Do we have an updated weather forecast for Sunday, by the way? Do we know? It's been so nice this week for the most part. It would be nice if it was played today. This is this is yeah. unreal. Yeah, um, there's been a lot made of like, hey, it would be good for the Ravens if it was cold and like the Dolphins – 
you could take advantage of that, but I don't think it's. I, I it's thought I saw be in it the fifties, like forty-seven, something like yeah. that. Like not that bad. Yeah, not too windy either. Doesn't look like it. Any rain? Mm, no. No. It's a shame. Five percent chance yeah. of precipitation. Right now, a high of forty-nine on Sunday. So for this time of year, downright pleasant <laughs> in Baltimore for Ravens Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. Let's preview the Dolphins side of this. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because he's on the radio right now, but an opportunity to catch up with a former Raven, now a talk show host in and, Miami. And a stallion, right? Well, let's find that out. Joining us now, Leroy Horde here on GCR. It's coming up this Sunday here in Baltimore. Huge matchup with the number one seed in the AFC at stake. Let's preview Miami's side of this showdown as we head down to South Florida where this man once upon a time was a Baltimore Raven, albeit briefly. He is now, of course, a host on WQAM in Miami. He is Leroy Horde, and he is with us once again here on GCR. Leroy, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, especially great talking about a game of this nature. Uh, this late in the season, right? No, this is it's fun. This is this is what you do this for, obviously. All right. So, do you have any memories at all that stand out to you of your time in Baltimore, or was it more like, "Hey, man, I enjoyed the cup of coffee, and then I, you know, I, that's what I got for you." No, it, it, it's actually you know, for the players. But I mean, I don't think a lot of people understood, you know, the whole dynamic of it when. You know, I think we might have been the first team to announce we were leaving in the middle of the season. Yeah. Right? So it was it was just a weird dynamic. But um, I used to tell people, if your boss came and told you your check is going to be in Baltimore next week, guess where you're going? Yeah, you're going to be in Baltimore, right? obviously. <laughs> go, right. Go and get that check. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, it, it was, um, you know, now here's the crazy thing. First got to Baltimore, um, people were coming and saying, congratulations, and glad you're here. However, congratulating us for winning the Grey Cup. <laughs> that, remember, yep. that was the year yep. they had more teams in the U.S., and I think the Baltimore team won the, the Grey stallions, Cup. stallions, yes. And they were... They were congratulating us for that, and we were, like, baffled by it. It took us a minute. It took us a, a minute. Lot. Yeah, we, it, we needed a little more of a readjustment period to having the NFL back. Wait a minute. Time. You didn't win the Grey Cup? <laughs> I remember that run that you helped with Tracy Ham, and you won the Grey Cup for it. Why, why are we even doing I this? Will, I, will say, I, will, I will say this about Baltimore. And we're phenomenal, right? From the second we got there, from the first game, uh, until now, they're some of the best fans, and and I think that um, it's fun from that standpoint to to have a fan base. You know, I've been fortunate that I've always played in a town where the fan base is pretty rabid, and and so that makes football fun. That makes you enjoy what you're doing a little bit more. It makes you push a little bit more because you know you have that support. Leroy Horde is with us here on GCR. All right, let's get into Sunday and Ravens-Dolphins, Leroy. One of the things that stands out about this Dolphins team, we know they're obviously very good, 
But it, it's been mm-hmm. sort of weird this season where it, it's felt like they have kind of played to their level of competition, right? Like against lower teams, they've been mm-hmm. outstanding. Against some of the better teams, they've not been quite as good. Did all of that – how important was the win over the Cowboys for proving, hey, we can do this against good teams too? And and does that matter at all? Do they still have something more they need to prove going into this week because of it? Well, the thing about Mike McDaniel, and I think everybody really needs to understand, he really doesn't care about that. He wants his team to be playing the best version of their football that they can, getting into these moments that we're talking about right now. And so, you know, it's hard as a player always kind of push back on that because we don't make our schedule. I, like before the season starts, everybody all across the country – plays, that's a win, that's a loss. And then some of these teams you think are going to be really good suck. Point Denver. Everybody thought Denver was going to turn around, they were going to be a, a contender, or the Jets. Like, you just don't know how these games play out. You don't know how the season plays out. So, yes, I get that, you know, that is what everybody's saying about the Dolphins, but, you know, they're just kind of – we want to get better every week. We want to play our best football going into the playoffs. And and I think there's moments where you wish they could have kind of done things a little bit better. And it seems like better teams will always have a, a grasp of these things, but they're new to the party. Right? They're new to the party. Baltimore's been there. Baltimore knows how to handle these things. Lamar Jackson is not going to stutter. He's not going to. He, I understand. You know, he has some things around him, too. He's only won one playoff game, right? So he's trying to get back there where he can prove himself. So there's a lot of that going around for everything. I, I tell people here, and I'll say in Baltimore, man, enjoy what you have. Enjoy having one of the most, either one of the most dynamic players or one of the most dynamic offenses. Enjoy it. Because when it ends and when it you know, when, when the season ends, you're going to regret not enjoying that season. Leroy, tell me a little bit. Everybody knows about Waddle and Hill and mm-hmm. Tua. Tell me a little bit about how the Dolphins are running the football as they approach this game. And talk a little bit about Jeff Wilson uh, coming back and uh, a couple of those key runs he had against the Cowboys. Well, Jeff Wilson is probably the, the biggest back they have, right? Um, everybody else is a track star. So just imagine four by 100-meter relay, Tyreek Hill. Four spots. That's how fast these guys are. Raheem Mostert, I think he won the Big Ten Championship. I think uh, HN won the SEC championship, and then you have Tyreek. And two of those guys play running back. They don't even play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're dealing with. It is, I've never seen so much speed on a football team. That being said, um, it's about how they get them the ball. Uh, they, they're very creative with that. Uh, it almost sucks that Baltimore just played a team that does very similar things. You know, so they're going to have a feel for it. But it's going to be really hard to get a feel for that speed. It is unbelievable. And that's 
how they do it. They they run. They they're going to try to run the football in all areas of the field. Uh, they're going to try to get everybody the ball in a number of different ways. Uh, if you get caught sleeping, somebody's going to run by you. Now the thing I'll say about Baltimore is they're about as sound of a defense as you've seen. Right? We all see it. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. They got incredible talent from linebackers to safety to corners. So um, he's going to win this game, or if they have a chance to win, they're going to have to try to find some areas and, and some, some places where they can exploit that doesn't necessarily involve the guys that everybody's going to be looking at. So it, particularly as, as we're chatting with Leroy Horde here on GCR, knowing there's not going to be a Jalen Waddle on Sunday on the field. And, of course, mm-hmm. that doesn't change the fact that Tyree Kill is Tyree Kill and is, you know, should be in the, uh, the conversation about MVP of the league. But, but how much does it impact them to not have Jalen Waddle on the opposite side? It, 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 it does because you're losing, you know, a guy that can do some of the same things that Tyree can do, and you can just flip them and run the same plays on the other side. Um, what I've seen lately is, they're not afraid to use running backs to do those things either, whether it's motion them out there. And so that's the, that's the tricky thing is that they do a lot of the same things with those four speed guys, and they may motion a running back out there, or sometimes you see Tyreek start off in the backfield, and they can interchange those guys. So while, while it will be a loss, I don't think it's going to slow down anything that they do because I've seen them do things with – the speed they have at running back by just motioning one of those guys out there. Leroy, let me ask you a question. You played in the league and you've observed the league for so long. My one fear in this game really isn't X's and O's or anything like that. It's that the Ravens were on a mission last Sunday or Monday to beat the San Francisco 49ers, including using – the mm-hmm. fact that they were the underdog is bulletin board material, and they, they were on a mission. How hard is it to come back to earth and then play a team the following week who may be on the same mission that you were on the last week? Can you match that intensity from the Ravens' standpoint? How hard is it from a coach's standpoint to get the team back up to that level of intensity? Well, here's what you need to understand. Last, last week's stakes were high because it was a, a moment to prove that you belonged in the upper echelon of teams and everybody was praising San Francisco yep. as being the best team in the yep. league. Yep. Okay? This week you're actually playing for something. While you're playing for you know, recognition and all that, this week is actually for the number one seed. Mm-hmm. This week is actually for everybody coming through Baltimore or Miami. The stakes could not be any higher. So if you can't get up for this, I don't care what happened last week. If you need more motivation to get ready for this, then maybe you're in the wrong spot. (laughs) And and so I have no, I, I have no problem. And I don't think anybody is worried about the Baltimore Ravens or the Miami Dolphins being ready or showing up this week this look think about it is there forget san francisco and you know look a lot of things could happen right could have happened last week but think about this even if baltimore would have lost that game it doesn't do anything for this week yep while it was good 
way to go, way to go, good job, really good team. Get back to let's get back to the AFC. Let's get back to okay. This is what we're playing for, and what we've been on a quest for all year to have that bye week. From that standpoint, nothing has changed. I said this like five weeks ago. I said I don't know what everybody's looking around for. Uh, that Baltimore Miami game is going to determine the number one seed. Yeah. And, and, obviously, and, and guess where we are? Yep, that's there's right. no doubt. That's exactly where we are. Um, Leroy, so, just... so if you if you if you're if you're a football player and you can't get up for this week, you play the wrong sport. There's no doubt. Um, Leroy, before we get you out of here, I I, I can't help but notice. Look, I, like everybody gives the attention to the uh, Dolphins' offense, and rightfully so. But statistically, this defense is the number three defense in the NFL, right? Like it, it's clearly been a very yeah. good unit. That said. Three of the losses this season came against Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes, athletic, more mm-hmm. more capable, escapable quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is the most of that in the NFL. Does the Correct. Dolphins' defense have mm-hmm. a problem with mobile, athletic quarterbacks, and how much could that benefit the Ravens going into Sunday? Good question. Good question. It's, it's, it's funny that you ask that because my immediate response is, doesn't everybody? Fair. Very fair. Yes. <laughs> like, Lamar, Very fair. Lamar Jackson, is, Lamar Jackson is that dude, right? Like, you look at Josh Allen. Look at, look at the quarterbacks you're talking about. That's what separates them and puts them in the upper echelon of NFL players is their ability to, 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 to extend plays and, and make things happen with their feet. Um, I think – one of the things that the Miami Dolphins have done, and you can, you can go back to a certain spot, right? It's no secret here. As soon as Jalen Ramsey returned, that defense looked different. I'm talking about what they do, how they did it, what defenses they were running. As soon as Jalen Ramsey got back and, and they were able to go with Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, um, that became a big deal for them and what they were able to do defensively. Now, the unfortunate thing is, it's probably one of their best guys in Javon Holland is still banged up. Yeah. He's a big time star in the making at safety. He's all over the place. Uh, and that's going to hurt them to some extent. But I mean, you hit it right on the head when you say, Hey, Lamar Jackson is the best at what all those other guys do. In plays, uh, off-schedule plays, still keeping his eyes downfield and making plays after he breaks contain. So I'm wondering with the athletic, they do have a very, the Dolphins have a very athletic front four. They're all over the place. From uh, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, uh, Sealer, not as much, and then um, and then uh, Van uh, uh, Van Ginkle, Van Ginkle yeah, yeah. right? Very, very, very athletic can get after you. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be an interesting test because you're right. The same type of quarterback has beaten them the last few weeks. Now, they only really got blown up by Buffalo. The other games were, you know, the other team didn't really score a bunch of points. So I'm interested to see. You know, if they can contain Lamar Jackson, how is this game going to look? You know, is it going to be a, a drag out, you know, uh, dog fight until, you know, somebody makes a field goal at the end of the game 
and they're just gonna it's just gonna be you know both of these teams bludgeoning each other because I could see that happening also. I, I, uh, but that's right. Listen, that that's right in Baltimore's play playground, right? No doubt. <laughs> right. No doubt. We that, can play. We can play. We can play that way. Bullies of Baltimore back in action here these days. Yep. All right. So uh, the most important one. Why is it going to be different different from Michigan this time around? Why should we expect anything other than just Michigan makes the playoff and then the real team comes in and, and kicks their ass <laughs> on Monday? Um, I'll say this. I haven't able to say this about Michigan against either Alabama or Georgia, Michigan's better than Alabama. Mm. Now, they're, they're, I'm from top to bottom, they are better. Now, crazy thing about this game is he's dealing with the same stuff that the Dolphins are dealing with. They got a moose at quarterback that runs faster than some, most of the guys on the field to see how that's going to play out. But I do believe Michigan is better from top to bottom, how they've played all year. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it on the field. Now, is there any coach that's more prepared for this than Nick Saban? No, there's not. He's been there more than anybody. He knows how the week is going to go. He's familiar with it. Uh, he's won. And so from that standpoint, uh, it's just another week for them and another week of preparation. I think Michigan has to kind of do something different because they've been three times. They haven't won. Right. Not even a game. And so, you know, curious about how that works. Like, do we need to do anything different or do we need to be better? Right? Everybody thinks you need to do do things differently, whereas a lot of times you just need to be better. And I think they are better. But football's football, man. You don't know what's going to happen when game start, when the game starts. Uh, it will be fun on Monday. It will be a lot of fun yep. on Sunday. Leroy Horde, uh, con- congratulations, of course, on your Grey Cup championship. Thank you for helping us bring it to <laughs> Thanks. Baltimore. Thanks for those great memories. <laughs> Leroy, I really at, at, can you explain one thing before we let you go? What is a rouge exactly? <laughs> it's a single. You get one point. It's weird. Hey, at, I, I have to, I have to go ask my wife. She's from Canada. No, so, she might be able to explain. Uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> at Big Mouth Leroy no on Twitter. That's how you follow him, Leroy Horde. Happy New Year to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes. Happy for New us. Year. All right, anytime. That's Leroy Horde, the uh, former Raven, now down in uh, Miami doing radio. Appreciate him taking the time. Such great memories of him leading the team to the Great, great Cup. Cup. Uh, it was pointed and out. And met his he, wife when he played right, in correct. the Canadian football. Exactly game. right. Uh, Brian Powell lets me know the uh, lineman I was trying to think of was Char Portanesh. Char Portanesh. She went on to play for Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Raiders during his NFL career after playing for the Baltimore Steelers. Boy, that's like the trinity of hatred. Yeah, correct. It doesn't get a whole lot worse than that, does it? does not get a lot worse. Um, And then it's funny because you and I, because we had to record that before the show because Leroy's on at the same time. He's on at 10 a.m. down in Miami, so we had to record that at 9.30. And after we finished recording it, Stan and I were kind of talking about some CFL memories and I've still not been able to figure out what the game was, but there was a playoff game, or it might have even been the first. Remember, the Stallions played in two Grey Cups. Right. And I want to say that the first Grey Cup, the one that they was lost. In, was in Calgary, wasn't it? That sounds right. 
Hang on a second. All right, let me let me pull this up. It was in Vancouver, the Vancouver. first one. Didn't they lose the, that forty-six-year-old or forty-eight-year-old field goal kicker? But this was the. It was a tie game, right? Twenty-three, twenty-three, right? And it was at the. It was at the gun, and as he lined up for the kick, the broadcasters were saying, "It kind of doesn't matter if he makes the kick or not, uh, because if he misses it, right? But it goes through the end zone, right? It's still a single point, and, and they, they win, win anyway." anyway. Which is the bizarro, like, it's God, because... You've we, got a great memory. Because none of us think about Canadian football ever since, you know, the CFL I remember team left really, Baltimore. I remember really giving a shit about those I games. I love those I teams. I love the CFL. Now, Stan, it was a little bit different for me because I was of the age, this was the first football team I had. Right. Right? Like, right. the Colts moved. I was so young when the Colts moved, right. I have zero memories of right. the Colts. This was the first time I had a football team as a kid, and I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my father and I went to every game. How old were you? I would have been 12. Jeez, 12. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that would have been the math on that. And that was a, the first year they came was the year of O.J. Simpson. That's the, correct. 94, the, right? Yeah. 100%. And then they played in the summer, so it was a billion degrees outside right. in Baltimore. And as people, you know, the, again, we try to tell the story now, explain it to somebody Griffin's age. Dude, they were massive crowds that came out to these games. Yeah. This they was used not to have like 30,000, 33,000 people. This was not. And yet it was like comfortable. It was. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't yeah, jam packed like an NFL game was, but it was still a lot of yeah. people. There was an investment. People watched the games on TV. This was a thing when the Canadian Football League was in Baltimore. It was real. Um, and it was fun as hell. It was a. I. I was digging getting into the silly rules, but yeah. I do remember the absurdity of lining up for what a game-winning field goal. kicker's name, though? That, that guy that kicked. For which one? That, for the, that beat us. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, uh, I can pull it up, though. Hang on a second. God, he had a he, uh, he was a real ca- character. Louis Pisaglia. Pisaglia. <laughs> Louis Pisaglia. He was like 48 years older. So he was like their That's, George he's, Blanda. He's 69 now. Okay. So I guess we could do the math on that, That's right? close like, to 30 years ago. So, so yeah, this would have been 39. Nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, God, it is. They're basically. I think he might have played quarterback too. He like, was a wide receiver. Wide receiver. He's a wide receiver as well. Yeah. He had been the number five overall pick in the 1976 CFL draft, so he was 20 years into his career. Kind of like the Justin Tucker of his kinda, time. Kind of like that. <laughs> kind of like that. And he didn't, I don't think he was that good but a kicker. here's how you know he's good. He didn't even have to make the kick, and he made yeah. it anyway. Right. And he didn't even that's, require him to. That's balls, That's man. 100% yeah. that's balls. Uh, great memories. I God, I loved. I loved CFL football for two years, especially Leroy Horde. He gave us some some real thrills. Oh God, his time. What a coincidence that he would play for them and then play for the Ravens. The, the Ravens, right? He and OJ Brigance, the both yeah. of them. They're yeah. the only two. teammates. Correct. <laughs> so silly. Very very silly. All right, Griffin, uh, Live Casino and Hotels had a great promotion running for uh, the last uh, few months, but it's coming to an end pretty soon. Last chance to take advantage of it. That is correct. Uh, Less than a week now to get over to the Live Casino uh, Hotel at Maryland uh, at the FanDuel Sportsbook, actually, because if luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet, uh, there's a simple answer because uh, we can turn losses, those losses, into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. And there is uh, less than one week remaining. Thursday, January 4th is the last day to get in. All live casino and hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. 
uh, with prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social all happy hour prizes and vouchers, plus cash and free play worth up to $500 only at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help visit or a gambling problem for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. We got it. I don't know what's happened the last couple of days. This used to be a strength yesterday. for you. Yeah. And today it was a struggle too. You struggled to the finish well, yeah, line. That's what well. I mean. It was just. Yeah, it's been the last couple of days, as I said. It's uh, almost like what I said still was a exactly week. What I said was exactly right. The last couple of days. It's been two. 24 hours. What's a, what's a couple? A couple of days, I think, of 48 hours. What's a couple? Couple is would two. be two. The last two but days. But I'm saying it's been only 24 hours. What? 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 I, what is it? I got a three-day weekend about coming up. It'll be uh, the, the young people that you can't just be a say. Nice reset. You're right. You're right. Well, you're never I, right. No. And I'll do better. I will it's, do better. It's I'm okay. not going to say the first part. It's okay. No, no, no. You're right, and I'll do better. It's that simple. I promise you. I will, and I, I want to do better. I promise you. Taking accountability is not a weakness. Go to. I know. I know our last president made everybody think it was. It's not a weakness to take accountability for your actions. It's a strength. Don't 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 compare that. I, I'm saying I think you're learning things. I think it's seeping in. Get into there's some gaslighting going on. I'll get into that before the end of the show too. <laughs> there's a big problem last night. A big big problem, and nobody wants to talk about it. Also, Griffin's going to prepare. Yeah, that's a tease for you. Huge. We have a national crisis that we have to deal with. And Griffin's going to prepare the – we're going to get an answer to this question. Can you succeed as an NFL quarterback if you have a hot mom? We're going to do all that. Before we do any of it, we're talking to Chuck Pagano next. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. 
Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Back in here into hour number two of GCR. It's a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles is with us. This Tuesday night, the Tyus Bowser Show returns. We will be at Mother's North Grill in Timonia. Hope you can come hang out Back with at us. Mother's again? We'll back at Mother's again for the final show of the regular season. We'll see what happens. Maybe Might come and have another turkey burger. We'd love to have you out there. Um, Ty, we've had great shows. Man, this year, Ty, Ty, at the Mother's shows, we had Jadavion Clowney and we had Patrick Ricard, two massive guests that joined Tyus for those shows. No word on who. Uh, Don't know yet. Don't know yet. Does we'll, that mean it could be a little LJ? I'm gonna I'm gonna assume probably not, Stan. But you, I guess you never know. Is what we would say. I guess you never know. Any chance Leroy Horde is gonna stay over? Oh. To revisit his glory days. Don't think that's who it's gonna be. Sell, bring the, the Grey Cup out with. The the, where is the Grey Cup? Like, do they have it at the Babe Ruth Museum? I would love to know where where the. Or is there just one Grey Cup and you? I think it's like the Stanley the, Cup. I think yeah, you, they just you might have you like get a, it for the year yeah, and then you got to yeah, give it back. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Anyway, Donald Trump won it one time. He wouldn't I give it back. I don't, I don't think he ever won the Grey Cup. Uh, that's Tuesday night. We'll have the Tyus Bowser Show at Mother's North Grill and Timoney in partnership with Press Box and Great Eights Memorabilia. Brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. All right, always appreciate the opportunity to catch up with our next guest, of course, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach. He's now an analyst for the 33rd team. He is our friend and yours, Mr. Chuck Pagano, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan back in Baltimore. Hope you've been having a wonderful holiday season with the grandkids. Appreciate you taking the time for us as always. Good morning, guys. Great to be on with you. Hope you guys had a good Christmas. Mine was amazing. It's always fun when you got three-year-old grandson, you know, that still thinks Santa, Santa, and 
<laughs> watching him open. What are you trying to say, Coach? What are you trying to say? He's not saying there's you know, so It wasn't a good deal when he started to drink the milk that you know the next morning that was out all night. Oh, now that now that's a mistake. Rookie move, Dad. Dad's yeah, got to remember. Yeah. So uh, I, I'll let you know that there's a picture of Santa Claus standing in front of my family's Christmas tree that my kids saw. So they know that Santa Claus is real. So some of us are Hell going yeah. they're go- going the extra step in order to make sure Christmas is better. <laughs> hey, Chuck, before we, you before we start talking football, with what you went through a few years back health-wise, how special is the holiday when you have a three-year-old grandson? Oh, are you kidding me? It's just perspective. You know, I never really took, you know, things for granted. But when you go through something like that and you come through on the other side, very, very lucky. So, yeah, it, it's it's really special. That's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. All right, Coach. So we got a big game here in town this week, and we are very jacked up about it. And, you know, yeah. Stan, Stan brought this up almost immediately after the 49ers game with all the excitement and everything that went into that and, and maybe it being the most declarative performance of the season for anyone in the NFL. We could see how emotionally jacked up the Ravens were for that game and how they had used the, the, the betting odds and, you know, some comments from Mike Florio about yep. how the 49ers are going to throttle them. They, they used that as fuel, and they were still emotionally amped up. But now they got to turn around, and in a short week, they got to go back across the country, fly back from San Francisco to get ready for what's what's an even more important game with bigger stakes on Sunday against the Dolphins. Is there any part of you that's concerned about emotionally whether a team can, after going through that, be right back to the same place that they need to be for a matchup like this on Sunday? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly – to go win a game like that of that magnitude and you know we all knew that you know those players and John and you know because the un- the whole underdog thing and everything that was said they were going to use that to their advantage they I mean they're a good football team obviously the best football team uh, in the National Football League bar none right now and so the, a long flight home you get home Tuesday morning 8 9 o'clock a.m. right Eastern Standard Time send the players home go get some rest right and the coaches go the hardest things could the coaches they got to go right to the building you know they don't get to go home they probably graded the tape on the way home looked at it you know maybe got an hour or two go right in the office and start game planning immediately you know for the Dolphins so um, there's too much championship pedigree guys in that building um, starting you know with the head coach and John Harbaugh uh, players on this team, uh, the quarter, the way the quarterback's playing, the way this defense is playing, the, uh, you know, I just think, and sometimes being a short week, you ain't got a whole lot of time to, you know, sit there and, you know, pause and exhale and catch your breath and all that. It's it's right on to the next deal. And the good thing for these guys, you know, they're facing a Miami team that is very very similar. Obviously, with Mike McDaniel coming from. You know, San Francisco, yeah. I think run game, pass concepts, players, the skill positions, there's going to be a ton of carryover. So that works, you know, to Baltimore's advantage, in my opinion. Coach, you just said you brought up John Harbaugh. And I think back to when you guys arrived here in Baltimore in 08. And 
John, to me at the time, was a little bit of a different guy, right? He was a little bit more abrasive, and and we of course remember the uh, the Chris McAllister stuff in that first year. And I, I've it's been a marvel to me to watch how he's become this player's coach over the years. How he's become a completely different guy. And look, John takes his lumps, and we we beat him up the way that we do anybody when we think there's a challenge, that's a mistake, or something like that. But I have really been enamored this season specifically in watching how he has seemed to have the feel. It's reminded me a lot of the 2019 year, that he has just had a feel for this team and this group of guys and the way that he has vibed with them. In knowing him as well as you do and seeing him from the beginning of his run as a head coach, how much do you believe he's changed as a leader during the course of these 15 years? Yeah, I, I think I think everybody evolves, right? And to to see him like to sustain this type of success over the long period. What is this? Year seventeen? Sixteen, uh, seventeen for John? Fifteen, right. Right? Since Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. Because 16, 16, yeah. these things, you know, they say, well, the message is getting stale, right? They're, they're not listening more. You don't ever hear that, you know, out of Baltimore, right? They, they they front office they do an unbelievable job of keep you know bringing in you know Raven players that that fit their specs the the football character that they look for all that kind of stuff but John yeah it, and from the beginning guys you know he had to he had to set the tone he had a, a culture he was going to establish and he wasn't going to bow down to anybody and and you get challenged as a first year coach I remember in 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 Indy you know with the players are going to see just how far they can take it, you know, and see if, hey, look, whether it's Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, uh, somebody on the offense, you know, he had to set, he had to set, set a tone and he was going to, you know, build this thing the way that he thought he was going to, you know, this thing was going to be built on rock, the foundation. And, and so, yeah, you evolve and to see his rapport with these players and the way that he deals with these players because we see a lot, especially of, of recent, where guys are, like, making huge mistakes with how they treat guys and how they talk to guys. Mm-hmm. And I think we all learn and we all grow that we're dealing with grown men. We're dealing with professionals. You know, there's going to be mistakes made, but there's a certain way that you handle, you know, all these situations. And, you know, you've been at it a long – John's been at it such a long time, and, and you learn and you grow and you, you learn to – how to handle some of these things because you got a relationship. He's going to build a relationship with these guys. He's going to earn their trust. They're going to know he has their back and you can coach them hard. You don't have to, you don't have to berate anybody, you know, on national TV or on the sideline, but behind closed doors, when you have that respect, that mutual respect and that relationship, you can close the door and bring a guy in and you guys can have a healthy, healthy, you know, controversial, whatever you want to call it you know, conversation and then man to man and then move on, you know? So it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant what he's done with that staff's been able to do uh, over such a long period of time. Coach, I wanted to ask you a question that has nothing to do with Sunday's game, but we were talking about it earlier on the program is, is what Joe Flacco has done. And I know it's only four weeks. It's not like a full season, but is what he's done is can you think of anybody that that you know is it that unprecedented? I was thinking of maybe Jim Plunkett, 
that came back from being near dead, so to speak, as a player? <laughs> yeah, just exhume, exhume yeah. his body. Yep. <laughs> bring, bring, dust him off, prop him up, put him under center, put him in the gun, and let him let him eat. Yeah. No, I I can't. I mean, it's just it's just remarkable, and um, we all know he could still throw the ball, right? Yeah. And yep. he's a professional. He's going to take take care of himself. Going to take care of his body, obviously. Um, there's nothing that he has not seen. He's unflappable, and he's hell. He's been sitting around for yeah. 13, 14, 15 weeks. So there's his body is fresh, right? For a thirty. Five, how old is Joe? 39, 38 or 39. 30, 30, so 38 is the new 28, obviously, right? Right. So his body, so there ain't a lot of mileage on that arm. There's not a lot of mileage on that legs. If this, if he had played a full season, like some of those, you know, in the pocket, when that thing was collapsing, he had nowhere to go. So when he was escaping last night and the weeks before, a lot of times he wouldn't get, he wouldn't have got out of that. So there's, there's a fresh, there's a fresh body there. And again, he's he's playing with house money. This team's playing with house money. There's nobody better at a blackjack table than than Chuck Pagano. When I got all their chips, the house's chips in front of me, right. I got a fresh co- I got a fresh cocktail, and I have no fear. I have all the confidence in the world, and there's not a damn you know uh, you know hand that I ain't gonna win. And that's how Joe and that team's playing right now. So, sixteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns and you know, it's just crazy. It is crazy. I love I'm, it. I'm just wondering, you've been around the game long enough, and you've been in the thinking, the meetings, the the brainstorming of what you're going to do for next year. Has he played at a level so far that guarantees him a real shot at signing somewhere next year as a starter? Hell yeah. I mean, if you could, if, like, he passed the physical, obviously, all that stuff. You see where he is, you know, when the season's over. But how many teams would love right now, okay? Like, you don't – because you don't have a crystal ball. So maybe none of us saw this coming, obviously. But if you're a team like Cleveland, you've got a championship defense. You've got the best defense in the National Football League statistically. You know, you've got an offensive line. You can run the ball. Everything they've overcome. Heck, yeah, somebody would be – like, how many teams – we think of right now would love to have him you know not only as their backup but if the starter goes down we've got 60 quarterbacks that have played right so many guys have gone down this year heck yeah you'd love to you know have that guy sitting in your quarterback room he is chuck pagano he is with us here on gcr coach let's get into sunday you just said a second ago the ravens are the best team in the nfl quote bar none unquote Is, is that based on like the results say they've earned that or is that to you that you just you look at the level of complete football that this Ravens team has played, and you're not concerned at this point. They genuinely are better. That that if they play their brown to football, they should be able to beat anybody they play the rest of the way. Absolutely, because you got to be able to like this time of year. You play December, January football like pack a defense, right? Pack a run game. Well, they got the best run game, uh, you know, in the National Football League, right? Statistically. And that's losing, you know, Keaton Mitchell and, and other guys. But um, they can run the ball. They got quarterback that's, you know, MVP quarterback right now. Lamar's playing out of his damn mind, as good as he's played right since that 2019 MVP season. 
even better from throwing from the pocket. The, look at the skill positions around him. Look at the way this defense is playing. You don't you don't see the same like in year two under Mike McDonald and this defensive staff. You know what they're doing defensively, how they're playing. The the you know you don't see the 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 mistakes. You can go back to the Miami game last year, right, and the the meltdown in the fourth quarter. You don't see that. There, there's great communication there. So as far as balance, offense, defense, special teams, the quarterback play, like I said, uh, you know, the skill positions they put around Lamar, job Todd Munkin's done. Yeah, I mean, them and San Fran are still, to me, the, the two best teams. I say Baltimore because they just went on the road in their backyard and beat the brakes off of them, uh, you know, and got out of there with that with that win. So, um they they've got they got everything that you need and, and obviously you win this weekend and you get home field hell it, that's a tough out man yeah the m&t with that with that team and the confidence uh, come on it'd be very good news it would behoove them to get that job done yeah, and have yeah. that situation yeah where are you with the mvp discussion is it just does it just default to lamar for you like if they win this sunday he's the mvp that's the end of the story you know what? Probably, I said a week ago. You know, before the you know the the San Francisco game between him and Brock. You know, whoever comes out plays the best in this game, whichever team wins, that who somebody's going to leapfrog the other guy and and go to the forefront. It's just kind of how we all look at things now, and how the you know the the odds makers look at everything. So it's his to lose. You know, it, it, it's his to lose for sure, and. Um, you know, there's some, there's some obviously some other great, great players in there. Uh, you know, that are non-quarterback, like a Christian McCaffrey, guys that are putting unbelievable numbers. You know, out there and scoring touchdowns and things like that. But I think for sure it's Lamar's to lose. Coach, uh, as a former defensive coordinator and head coach, and now your work on the 33rd team, uh, I'm wondering if you could give us some insights into to Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. Um I I know you know this is a guy obviously that that was there cut his teeth there spent yep. a lot of time in that organization and you know the Harbaugh's do what the Harbaugh's do they just loan coaches to each other <laughs> and for a period of time you know so John loans him to Jim. He goes to Michigan, does an outstanding job there, um, comes back, takes over, you know, the, the defensive play calling as the coordinator there in, in Baltimore. So I don't know Mike on a, on a personal level. I watch, you know, what he does and, and the, his scheme. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of similarities that have stayed there uh, because John's been there the whole time and John's – you know, background of special teams and defense, and and he's had you know his, his hands uh, you know involved with that, and so there's there's some common threads that have run through. Like when I got an opportunity to be the coordinator at eleven, we didn't. I mean, we we just kept doing what the Ravens what you were doing, been yeah. doing, yeah, for a long long time. So you can still see, you know, the pressure stuff, the. Uh, the zone pressures, you know, that he's running on on third down and obvious pass situations, uh, the nuts and bolts of the of the of the three four uh, base defense, uh, the nickel packages on early downs. You can see that same thing, and he's really 
he, he really understands protections. He, uh, he knows how to attack a team's protections um, and get free runners. You can see, you know, 52 sacks or 50%, whatever they have, yeah. right, leading the league. Um, this team coming in Miami has got about the same number. So he understands how to attack protections, um, and, he's, and he's really, really good. And that defensive staff's really good at, at the split safety schemes, you know, playing a light box, being able to handle the run, you know, with, with a light box. Because you play these teams like San Fran and now Miami coming to town and, and you got, you know, all this speed and all these weapons. And, you know, we got to take care of Tyreek. We got Waddle. We got Mostert. We got A-Chan. I mean, how tight ends last week at San Fran. So he can play a, a light box, be able to still handle the run. But then from a split safety, that, that quarters, quarter, quarter, half, those type of concepts, and they play a, a, you know, a man-match zone concept underneath, he does a, he does a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal job at that. And, and he's so steady. You know, you just watch this guy, you know, on the sideline. He just got a really good demeanor, it seems, and a, and a great rapport with these guys. And he's obviously an unbelievable communicator and an unbelievable teacher. You listen to, you know, how his – uh, players talk about him, um, how he listens to, you know, those guys. I mean, yeah, he, I think he, he's uh, – they're not going to have him long. You know, when you have success like this, guys, as you know, yeah. you know, you, you just – you're not, you're not going to have him very long because he's going to have his opportunities, if not this year, in the very, very near future to we, coach we, National Football League. We were not talking about yeah, that. Well, we were really hoping you were going to say, yeah, he's not that great. Like, don't – you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think teams should really – there's no need to be barking around. We got Chuck, my... Chuck in the wings. He could come back. <laughs> uh, Coach, before we let you go, I have to know, how in the hell are you so good at banking a football off a backboard and into the net? Like, how in the world are you so good at this skill? I'm just getting lucky. Die. I just got lucky. Man, it's unreal. A couple warm-up throws, and yeah, just. Yeah, good Lord shining down on us, you know, every day just toss it up there. I've thrown a lot of ball drills, like 36 years of coaching and coaching DBs. So I've I, there's a lot of lot of reps in this arm throwing <laughs> ball drills to DBs my entire coaching career. You know, so I've, I've got that going for me and then a little bit of luck. Man. That's a fun show. That's I have a, I'm having the time oh, of my tell. life. We can tell. Guys. We can tell. That's really cool, man. <laughs> Uh, Coach, yeah. we, we always love catching up with you. You know, you're our favorite, um, and we've always appreciated getting these chances Didn't over you just the last week tell somebody else nope, they were there? Nope, them? Chuck is my favorite, bar none, until, yeah, until Jim Nance is my favorite or Kevin Harlan's my favorite, whoever it is. <laughs> Jim uh, Nance is mine, too, yeah, along with you guys. I love, hey, I love being on with you guys, and you know anytime um, I, I love coming on, so it, it's, it's an honor to be on with you guys. You know that, and anytime you – want to have me on shoot i'm 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 there coach love you happy new year to you and we will talk again real soon happy healthy new year coach. thank you sir yeah same to you guys see you glenn see you stan take care coach chuck pagano with us here on gcr uh, yeah i mean very high on my list of favorites yeah he's a terrific know, guy very very high someone that uh griffin and he always follows up afterwards like he's the nicest guy in the world you know that's one of the many things i love about chuck and chuck you know would do this privately too and, it, you know, I'm not trying to – Chuck's the type of person that, like, we'll have him on, and he'll, like, follow back up. Hey, did that go over well? Like, every, everything all right? 
yes, it was probably our favorite segment of the right. week, Coach. And if we could do it every day, we'd like to do it every day. That's that's how much I enjoy chatting with Chuck Pagano. All right, we've got important things that we need to deal with. We need to deal with a national crisis. You know, gaslighting's been an issue in our country. And we're just accepting being gaslit now. That's how, it's how normalized the gaslighting is. And there was some significant gaslighting going on in college football last night. And we need to deal with it. And we can't just accept it. So we're going to talk about that. And Griffin's got the scientific evidence. We are going to dive into whether or not you can be a successful NFL quarterback with a hot mom. We've put Griffin... Gr- Griffin's all At he's done... At the time that they were young. Correct. Like he's, 19, He's 18, pulled the pictures. 22 years old. We'll, he's not going to be the one making the judgment. Yeah. Griffin apparently doesn't think uh, any female can be attractive <laughs> if they're older than like 30. Is that... That's, like that's that's the sense that I got. And I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying half over there is that... Well, they're they're <laughs> they're all a bit too old for me. <laughs> not, 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 they're 30. They're 31. Can't be attractive. It's past my prime. We will, uh, you and I will handle the, that, we'll, that particular We'll make topic. the determination. We'll, we'll be the one to make that determination. That's all coming up as we continue along on a Friday edition of GCR. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, January 2nd at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us for our final show of 2023. Reminder, we are off next Monday, but we'll be back together on Tuesday and for the rest of the week next week to get you ready for the regular season finale against the Steelers, whether it matters or not. So I'm doing, I'm going to be doing, not as host specific, but I'm doing four out of uh, six shows. Essentially, yes. Starting next Friday. next Friday. And then the following week you're doing, yeah, I am away the, the week after the Steelers game. I am yeah. gone. So a lot of pressure, Stan, because like you got to do pats on the ass with Griffin that Monday. You've got to do... Now, what those shows look like will be basically dependent upon what happens in tomorrow's game. Yeah. If the Ravens are off that week, we'll probably have a more casual week of shows. and Or it might be a fiery week When you say of... tomorrow's, you mean Sunday's game. That's what I meant to say, okay. yes. I don't think they so moved the game You meant about the Maryland game? Yeah, it's a big Maryland. game. Oh, Maryland-Auburn. By the way, I went... Oh, we haven't even addressed this. I went to the Maryland basketball game last night, took yeah. the kids. Yeah. You mad at Jameer Young? Uh, no, I'm not forgetting. Well, I, it was a bummer for the kids because they had just met. So my kids met Jameer Young two Saturdays ago. Okay, and they were like, "Oh, we're coming to your game against Coppin State," and like, you know, he came over. He came back over to the high five him. He was really sweet to them. And then he didn't play last night because he had the flu. Mm. Now it didn't matter. Coppin's not good. And, right. You know, it's it's sort of what it is. And Maryland was fine. Juju Reese that had a hell of a game, and the kids like saying Juju, so that was fun for them. They were like Juju, Juju. They were having a good time. The controversy is that yesterday on the show we were talking about how I was excited about experiencing a oh. location called Little Blue Menu, which is a new restaurant in College Park. Little 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 Blue, Blue Menu. Menu. Okay. It's a Chick-fil-A, but it's not just a Chick-fil-A. It's a Chick-fil-A, but it also serves burgers and wings and Brussels sprouts and it's 
it's this bizarre sort of concept restaurant mm-hmm. that Chick-fil-A has come up with. So I said to myself. Oh, it's, you mean it's owned by Chick-fil-A. And, and they serve all of the same food as a Chick-fil-A inside of it. But they. And then they also they, have they this entire the, other yeah, menu. Less healthy stuff. Well, I don't know if it's any. I think it's about as unhealthy as some of the things that are on the yeah. Chick-fil-A menu. Yeah. So I said, we'll go try that, right? The kids will, the kids will have a, they'll the love that, The kids will eat right? this up. It's not actually a restaurant. It's just a carryout place. That's mm. all it is. And when you have eight and six-year-old kids, that ain't going to work. Like, you can't just sit in the car and eat some food. So we didn't get to experience the little blue menu. Damn. So maybe Griffin, you and I will go down for the Caitlin Clark game or something like that, and I we can stop that by. Happens. Very disappointed. I had to go take him for pizza. What did you say, Stan? Damn it. Damn it. Exactly. I hate right. when that Damn happens. It. Damn it. The uh, first responder bowl the other day. Um, okay, so a few things I want to cover here. First, Stan earlier in the program was talking about Zach Wilson. He said, you know what Zach Wilson's problem is? Mom's too attractive. I said it draft night. The moment I saw Zach Wilson's My mom. My exact word was she's hot. She's hot. Did you yeah. pull up, do you have a picture of Zach Wilson's mom that uh, you could share? No, I actually skipped over that one. Hold on. Well, you, oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to see it over there if you put it up over there. We got to we right, share well, it. Well, I figured I'd just try to get everything done done quick here. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So Zach Wilson's mom, for those of you that don't remember, the night of the draft, we met her. She came into our lives. His girlfriend at the time was also there, and she was also lovely. There, If I remember correctly. Didn't even remember Sam. There was a shot of all three of them sitting together at one point, and we were like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, who was that? Was it D.L. Hall? Who was the famous, like D.L. Hall, Jake Fromm, and one of their moms were in a picture together? And we were like, is that one of their girlfriends? And it was actually a mom. There was a situation. But we don't think this doesn't carry over to baseball. No. You believe no. that you no. can you have can an attractive have, yeah. mom and be a successful baseball player. No question about it. But you're convinced. Look at Adley Rutschman. I don't, I don't remember how attractive Adley's mom. She's very, lo- she's, she's a very nice, nice, very lady. nice woman. Very nice. nice woman. No question. I talked to her a few times. So Zach Wilson, attractive mom. Stan says, can't happen. Can't, you can't succeed as an NFL quarterback if you've got a hot mom. I state my case. I rest it's my case. Zach Wilson. And I and I said back, well, I haven't really spent any time thinking about that particular topic. There's Zach Wilson's mom. She's very attractive. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Lovely, yeah. lovely woman. Yeah. So we tasked Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. Father's a handsome man, too. I don't remember that, but I believe you. I, I mean, believe I'm you. just looking at the picture. Oh, I thought that was, was Zach that, Wilson. Was that Zach Wilson? I thought, it was, I thought that was, yeah. Zach, uh, that was yeah, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson in that picture. Not, okay. not I don't have dad. it right in front of me. Yeah. I'm tilting. Okay. So we tasked Griffin. We said, right. well, let's find out if this is real or not. Like, Stan has a theory. Let's try to get to the bottom of it. Can you be a successful NFL quarterback if you have an attractive mom? So we're going to go the opposite. We're not going to find – we couldn't find just the hottest moms. And then we had to go, let's take successful quarterbacks, correct? That's what you did Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Take some successful quarterbacks. Now, we suggested you go with the young quarterbacks currently in the the NFL because it would give us the – most likely picture of an attractive today mom. Well, you didn't want to see Johnny Unitas. I didn't mom. think that would have been the best way for us to go about <laughs> judging the hot moms. I just didn't think that was the best way to do this. If we tried to pull up like Y.A. Tittle's mother, I didn't. By the way, maybe she was a smoke show. Maybe she was gorgeous. I don't know. But we went with younger. Sonny uh, Jurgens for, for the most part, I mean, yeah, I sprinkled right, in. We'll see. We're, we're, no, we're, Sonny We're going to start with obviously the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Who? Joe Flacco. Yeah. So this is not a good example. Joe Flacco, 
Of course, it was drafted in 2008, so not exactly the perfect example of whether or not there's Joe Flacco's mom. Miss Flacco, uh, yeah. You know, she's she's lovely. She's not lovely. hot. You're a wonderful she's woman. Lovely, but wonderful yeah. woman, a great mother. Not hot. She's lovely, is not what hot. I would say. She's a lovely person, but I, I think Stan's right. I think okay, that this... So this was, this was recent. This is Will Levis. Uh-oh. 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 There's That's nothing. Fine. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Which one? Which one? Yeah, Jeez, there's a lot of women really? on uh, that. One on the uh, directly to his, his right. To his right can you, directly. Can you, can you uh, bring, give us yeah, that yeah. larger look at that, yes. if you don't mind, just so that we can get a better sense? Because I, I think what I saw would indeed make it over for 2. Yeah. I do think that... Right here. Yeah, again, lovely woman. Now, can I? Looks looks like a, a mom uh, to me. Just like, shut you know. off. We, yeah, we, we're trying to do this. We we got to come up with a better system for this in the future. So she's this lovely. is his mom. Yeah, she's she's lovely. She's, she's an lovely. attractive woman. I think she doesn't bode well for him. You think she's too hot? Doesn't bode well for wow, him. Wow, Stan's going all the way to. I was going to go. Well, he's got the hot girlfriend. Yeah, obviously, maybe and a sister a in sister? there somewhere, yeah, or something like a that. A lot of. Or they could, oh man. A lot of female good, hormones. Good I believe he picture. broke up with whoever it was that was his girlfriend at the draft, right. so I don't believe. But you're saying check on Hot Mom for Will Levis. Yeah. I wasn't ready to go there, yeah. but Stan's, you know what? This is going to be, Stan, how do you, state your age? 70, I'm, I'll be 72 in January 6th. There you go. So, so we'll let Stan be the ultimate arbiter of. Not the ultimate, the 70 year old. The 72. The old pervert. So, so <laughs> That's what they call me. That's what they call me. T- right. Tonight, right. Tonight on WFBR, <laughs> tune in for the old pervert. <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, next. Do you think there's uh, anything, by the way, the fact I'm doing four of six shows. Yes. Could John go out early next week? And try to sell. It's the, sell, old, like the old pervert radio. Yeah. That's what you're trying Viagra. to do. Viagra. Yeah. You know. All right, so next on the list, who uh, do you have for us? This is Jordan Love, it looked no, like. this is no, Aaron Rodgers. This is what Aaron, but this is from a... This is his mother right here. Miss, yeah. old, old Miss Darla, Darla Rodgers. Yeah. I, didn't know that they, I didn't know they were still talking at this point in his well, life. Well, this was... It was a draft. Guy, who's the little guy with the Green Bay hat? This, I, oh, that looks like his brother, I would assume. Jordan Rodgers, if I remember correctly. Jeez, he definitely was. had a... Hang on a second. Let's see if we can get... He uh, didn't get the uh, jeans, did he? <laughs> it was unfortunate like for him. He's like 5'7". That's very and unfortunate. And Aaron's like 6'4". Hang on a second. I need Definitely a different, different father. Uh, you know what? She looks... Definitely a, different father. I, I will say that uh, his mom looks a little bit like uh, Princess Diana to me. Mm. A little bit of a Princess Diana In a Diana less attractive way. I don't <laughs> disagree with that. Hang on a second. That, yeah, that's not a great... That's not a flattering picture right there. Oh, God. How, Over the father. Oh, Jesus, he's you're judging the father? He's horrible. Oh, my. He's horrible. Are you siding with Aaron Rodgers again? Yes. Are you you're yes, back on the yes. Aaron Rodgers like side of the family, family dispute? Yeah. All right. So, uh, you're, I'll tell you one thing. You're going yay or nay? On Aaron Rodgers? Yes. On Mrs. Rodgers? Is, is she hot or not? She's not hot. Not no, hot. Okay, no, not hot. That's it's, why that he's stands. been a great quarterback. Who is it that How the, about in, Brett Favre's mother? Well, I don't know if, if Griffin pulled Brett Favre's mother. Hang on a second. Uh, did What was the episode of The Office where they did an entire... Oh, the Hillary Swank? Hillary Swank. Yeah. Is she hot or not? Like, they did an entire episode based around the premise of whether or not Hillary Swank was hot. It was it was a, one of the better episodes she of The Office. She worked with Josh one time. And what what did they do together? The, what did the, the thing when Josh played an astronaut and she was oh an astronaut. right yeah, yeah what the hell was that away, called yes away. yes I forgot I totally forgot about that one all right uh, we're judging do you want to go ahead and go with the, whatever you have next yeah sure it was called so, away good call uh, this is Matt Ryan this is his mom one Matt Ryan of course 
Mm, it's not a very with the hat on. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I can't really get a definitive no, answer. I don't get a hotness about her. Hang on a second, Bernice. Well, her name is Bernice. Uh, let's be honest. What are the chances? You know what? I'm looking again with uh, Aaron Rodgers. The same thing going on in his family. All, all, the, brothers, in that all the brothers are a full foot shorter. They're, they're like a full foot shorter. I'm trying to I wonder forward. if there was some some hanky panky going on. What? There. What does that mean? You think there was another father involved? That's what you're trying I'm, to suggest. I'm just saying. All right, here's another. Without a hat on, no, this is definitive. I think we can say no. definitively no. not no. not hot. So you make a good point. You make a good so point. So far. Also, by the way, do we know yet if Will Levis is even a good quarterback? Maybe this mm-hmm. actually helps Stan's point because he thought Will Levis's mom is hot. Yeah. That all the other no, quarterbacks are better. It's sort of the the. The the so die Favre. is the die has been cast. Yeah, the die has been cast. I get it. Brett Favre obviously has the famous draft night photo. Right, but which? Where is his mom? Really? Is that his mom back there? Yeah. Which? Who's That's this? Hard now? to tell. This That's is who? Brett Favre. Uh, and which Mrs. one's Favre. his mom? Benita Favre. Where is, is she? Favre's mom. Back oh, no, in the, that, back that, with the that, hair. That explains everything. Why? He's oh, you think she's stuff. sitting down? This I thought she right might there? have been this one with the hair back here. I thought that might have been Benita Favre. I think that's a child stand. Uh, where? Where's he ch- looking? Ch- ch- you're looking between. Yeah, I, he's looking oh, between. he's looking back there. No, there's yeah. no chance that that's him. That's her. Wait a minute. This is not her. So where? That is no, that was the, who you just pointed to. Yes, right there. Yes, that's Benita explains Favre. his success. It's not hot. Yeah, that's what not that's hot. what Stan's trying to say there. All right, not hot. Next, who else did we prepare this morning? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here's recent for you. Recent? Who is that? Mrs. Herbert. No, Justin Herbert's mom. Now Justin Herbert. Oh. That's Justin Herbert's mom? mom's very she looks attractive. younger than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's mom is a lovely woman. This this she's might a, she's, rip apart she's, your theory. But she's cute. Who's this? She's know, cute. She's not hot. What do you mean she's not hot? What are you talking about? That oh man, if, this right or, here. or it just means Justin Herbert's not a good quarterback. <laughs> well, it could be one or the other. But that's an attra- That is a very. How many coaches has Herbert gotten fired now? Uh, just one, two. Wait, Anthony Lynn. Oh, I guess we're yeah. Okay. Technically, right. he's gotten two coaches. I guess fired. that's true. So maybe, that's maybe, true. maybe he's. I can't. Court. You're trying to. You're trying to say that Justin Herbert's mom isn't hot. Come on. What are we doing here? No. Well, what are we doing? Look at. Very, look at this. She's cute. That's a. That's an attractive, attractive. Holly mom. Herbert. Yeah, Holly Herbert. Uh, the whole package, the name. But you don't Holly like Herbert. You got a Holly, problem with the uh, the alliteration? Is that Holly what the issue Herbert. is? Man, Stan, like Stan a, and I separate significantly yeah. on Holly Herbert. I think Holly Herbert is a very attractive woman. I don't know what's going on with Stan over here. So in your Mrs. opinion, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. I do think he's a good quarterback, I and I, I think he's Mrs. Mrs. Tungavailoa. Mrs. Tungavailoa. No, I've never seen Mrs. Tungavailoa before. That's Mrs. Tungavailoa. She yeah. looks young. Well, well this is, be, I guess, this is back gonna, when, he's he's back when 201 or back when. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a, oh, This was during the Heisman. Easy. This easy. was back in 2019 or 2020. Uh, she's a, I have met Mrs. Tungavailoa, lovely woman. Uh, very, very kind, very nice woman. And um, I think so we just move Talia's on. To the, mom I think we just too. move on to the next one, please. Oh, well, she's Talia's mom. Let's just move on to the next too? one, please. Just, she's yes, definitely Leah's mom as well. Let's move on. I think he's got a hell of a chance. Let's move NFL on now. to the next one. Here's Mrs. Manning coming up. Olivia Manning. Yeah. Olivia Manning. And that was from when Eli That was, was for that, yeah. So, yeah. yeah explains a, a lot. Produced, produced two Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, she had a very sound look on her face. Explains a lot. Yeah. We're not saying these are unattractive women. No. Then what are you saying? Never saying said anybody. Th- there's hot. Like, if you're in the upper echelon of the most attractive women, Stan's theory is you can't produce 
a successful NFL quarterback spawn. But you have to be in the top, top rung of that. Is and it doesn't saying. mean that a quarterback whose mom's not hot can't father a great quarterback. Now, this is, boy, we got a lot of yeah. questions about this. Now, who is this? This is Josh Allen at his pro day. So, Mrs. Allen on, on the left. She seems lovely. I, I don't know about hot, but she's lovely. She's, she's a lovely woman. She's kind of has a, uh, who's the, who's the, who am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Michelle Tafoya a little bit or Linda Cohn? Maybe yeah. a bit of a little bit, little bit of a Linda Cohn going yeah. on there. Attractive woman, not not really. You're hot. not putting her in the the upper echelon. Levon Allen, Levon. That's Levon Allen is Levon. Josh Allen's mom. All right, any more? Yeah, I do. Uh, All right, hopefully. we can we can hopefully. fly through this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We got to come up with a better. Well, I just have a question. What would Griffin be doing? If he hadn't been doing all this research. This is the important part of his day. No question really? about it. This is the okay, most important part. Other, there's really almost nothing else we're going to ask him. The spontaneous Correct. There's, I, frankly, research. Frankly, this is the end of the day for him. Oh, you've got uh, Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Miss Mahomes to his to his left. Mm. No, to his right. Sorry, our yes. left, his yes. stage left. right. Mom, that's his mom. She seems lovely. She seems very pretty. What's uh, what's uh, the name of Mrs. Mahomes? Uh, Patrick Mahomes? Or I don't Randy. know. Randy. Randy, Randy with an I. And right? this is Pat the father, Pat Mahomes, the senior, baseball yeah. player? Yeah. Yes. Senior. Correct. Uh, Randy. Uh, young Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> Randy, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Now, the chances of, um, here's, my, here's my point. The chances of Mahomes having, having offspring that are good quarterbacks, very high. Very high. Uh, but so you're saying because you don't think his wife is attractive? That's exactly what really. I'm yeah. See, I, I find her to be a off-putting person, but I think she's an attractive woman. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Stan is tough. Oh, he's talking about Brittany. Stan is tough. Brittany's not hot. Uh, she no. is an uh, as a person. I find so. A, his son, if he has a son, he's going to be a hell of a quarterback, be a Hall of Famer. Is, we're learning a lot today. And this, this was. I Joe, couldn't find a great picture of Joe Mrs. Burrow's yeah. mother, Joe Burrow mom. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's not quite hot. So he, this is this checks out still. Yeah, you're still yeah. feeling Burrow's, good about your theory. Burrow's very good. You're, the only one Robin. that's a little different is Mahomes. Mom is fairly hot, but he's a unique talent. You are. Oh, this is a quite a picture. Hang on a second. Look at the. This is this is another picture of Joe Burrow's mom. I don't know if that that doesn't sway in any no. way. All right, no. very good. No. And no. and moving forward. Remember all these women I'm looking at are like fifty. Right, that's correct. They plus. could be your kids. Yeah. This is the last children. one I have. Well, yeah. Let's let's not do that. Let's not. Oh, it's almost like let's not keep it close. Is to that home. his girlfriend? Let's not. That's, is that that's Lamar's his girlfriend. That's, that's his, his mother. mother. Let's not. Let's not do that. I did. I specifically left that one off the list of names that I gave you. Specifically. Why? Because it's a weird bit. No, no, because it's not something that we do when it's close to home. That's not that hard. You can do this. You can handle it. It's okay. I promise you. Just specifically, not something we do. All right. Now, um, you feel good about your theory still. Still, th- I rest my case. You feel good that you have proven your theory about. Yeah, I'd say out of ten quarterbacks, I'd say nine of them. Nine you think of them this backs really, up yeah, yeah. that you cannot have a su- a turbo hot mom, right, and become a great quarterback? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Zach Wilson. Very good. Zach Wilson. All right. Exhibit A. Um. I you know his mom is is hot. You are one hundred percent right about that. Now now, we move forward. Yes, we need to deal What's with a, going on. With, we need to yeah. deal with a crisis. Are you aware of the story of the Pop Tarts Bowl, Stan? 
no. heard anything about the Pop Tarts Bowl. No. Don't tell me they made Mike Loxley eat. No, they, they were, they were, the Maryland did not play in the Pop Tarts Bowl. Maryland's, of course, playing in the Music City Bowl. Last night, the Pop Tarts Bowl was played between Kansas State and NC State, and apparently Kansas State won. Nobody cares about that part of it. I do, because I bet on NC State. Ah, that's a big mistake. I had on a your bet part. on uh, Kansas State. Oh, look at you. Did you bet through Superbook using the code StanCharles23? And did you receive did. up to $250 on a same day first I bet match u- when I you did it? Use it because you've already playing, used that. Yeah. You've already received it. I understand that. All right. So that was the sideshow last night, was the football game. The story of the game was that they had announced ahead of time that the Pop-Tarts Bowl would feature an edible mascot. Now, that seems bizarre, right? Yeah. That seems pretty weird. And they got an awful lot of play by making that announcement because every single one of us dopes said to ourselves, well, what the hell is this edible mascot going to be? How is this going to... I don't know what you got going over there. That was was the uh, end of the Pop-Tarts. Oh, you're going to pull up the video. Okay. I'm I'm going to play it on mute. Okay. All right. So... Everybody for weeks has been wondering, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. How are they going to pull this off? To your point, of course, the, the Mayo Bowl has the, the right. dumping of the mayo. We've right. seen other things over the years. The you know, Fiesta Bowl, when it was sponsored by Tostitos, you dump chips. Like They've tried to do these things over the years. So we were all intrigued. How are they going to pull off edible mascot? Because what you wanted to see was the winning coach go over and take a big bite right out of the mascot. Right? Like, that's what we were all... Th- this is going to be wild to see. So we get to yesterday, and we have the Pop-Tarts Bowl, and Kansas State wins. And they all they pull all the players together, and here, we're going to have the big moment. Because we this saw video, the ma- This video courtesy of ESPN, of Thank course. you. We saw the mascot earlier in the day. I'm looking at it. And the mascot, to me, did not appear to be in any ways edible. Like, as I was looking at the mascot, I said... I mean, I guess anything's edible if you put I your mean, mind to it. I mean, it definitely looks more edible than any other oh, mascot you're, you're, I've ever you're seen. You're not looking at the. You're looking at what they did. I'm saying the actual person, the mascot person that was walking around right. during the game. That's definitely a man in a plastic costume. That's not no question. About that's it. all that is. Right. So they get to the end of the game, and now we've got here. It is. It's time for the edible mascot. You've all been waiting for it. This is the moment where they eat. The mascot. And we're like, this doesn't... I've seen the mascot. You you can't do that. It's a it's a man wearing I'm plastic. I'm thinking that he's wearing not plastic, that he's wearing some kind... And they didn't have him walking around a lot. Well, so I can 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 we turn it again so Stan can see what, what yeah, they did? Yeah, I don't yes. know if this is possible, Griffin. We can uh, turn it around. And... I mean, I'll just go behind Griffin. Hold on. All right, so the, this is what they actually did. And they tried to... This... This is a travesty. This is a dark moment in the history of college football. When they put from it the, on a plate or from something? From the end of the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Here is the ceremony. Are you playing? Right. Yes. Oh, I have it yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's fine. I understand. I, I just don't know because I can't see it. So, the pop- so it just pops out. They, they actually had him jump into the toaster. Right. <laughs> They have a giant toaster on the field. He he goes it's away. A, it's just a cake. And then they pull yeah, it's out. It's like a Pop-Tart cake. All they've done is put together a Pop-Tart cake. That's yeah. all they did. Yeah. It is very clearly not a mascot. It's just a big Pop-Tart cake. And I'm sure it was tasty. I'm sure everybody enjoyed it. But here's what I know. That's to, fraud. Thank you. That's fraud. Thank you. What I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that that 
is not an edible mascot. And we, as a country, were lied to. We were gaslit. We're duped. This is what happened. It reminds, speaking of The Office, it's Scott's tots. It's they promised an edible mascot and realized they couldn't do it. They couldn't pull off. It wouldn't work. You can't walk around the mascot whose face is cake. That wouldn't work. He's got to go perform and entertain people during the course of the game. He couldn't just be dripping cake everywhere. That would not work. So they had to lie. They resorted to lying. They lied. It's a fraud. Class action lawsuit that needs to come up because of this. I think Sam and Clark. Sam and uh, Graham, Graham, my Graham, sons, yes. The law, the, 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 I, I think they're the The lead. law offices yeah. of Graham and Sam Clark. We will get them right on this. Is that their future? That's good. Nonsense. Yeah. Utter and complete nonsense. They attempted to pass this off as an edible mascot. It is not. It's a cake. That's all it is. Just say, hey. It's despicable. It is despicable. You want to say we're going to give the winners a nice cake? I'm sure they'd appreciate that. We should institute more cakes to football games. I'm sure everybody would love that if you got some cake for winning a football game. Love to have a Super Bowl cake. Correct. But you know what it's not? A mascot you could eat. Because it ain't a mascot, it's just a cake. And things used to mean something in this country, damn it. Fact used to be fact. Words used to have meaning. Now anything is whatever you want it to be. A dog is a cat. East is up. Nothing makes sense anymore. Edible mascot. It's a pastry cake. And nothing more. And we should be ashamed as a country, and we should step up and say, we're not taking it any longer. We're not caking it anymore? We're not caking it any longer. Print the t-shirts, Griffin. We're not gonna cake it. Thank you. No, No, we ain't gonna gonna cake cake it. We're We're not gonna cake it anymore. Ridiculous. Utterly, and then I had people in my mentions further trying to gaslight me last night. No! Saying this was worth? This was, this oh, was, this was, this was there, okay? Is there any chance that these last two topics what? <laughs> had, had something to do with a guest that didn't come with No! <laughs> I was going to get to this topic no matter what today, Stan. We could have had 12 guests today. This topic was coming. We might not have been well, able to get this is cutting the, edge. the hot moms. We might not have had time for that <laughs> one. That one popped up because it came this about organically. Edge. This, this is, is unacceptable. And we need to make that statement. And we need to take a stand as our country used to do things. We used to accomplish things as a country. Why don't we start? This is like the this this would go on in a banana republic. Correct. (laughs) Correct. If they had a mascot. Yes, if the banana republic. Why don't we start our own bowl and we actually do this? We do what they couldn't do. The toilet bowl. No, I don't want an edible toilet. Yeah, we do a toilet bowl. It's the two worst teams in Division One. So if you go zero and twelve, yeah, you yeah. get invited to our bowl game. But what would be the edible part of the mascot? Um, I don't know. Whatever we want. No, no, no. You got to think this out more. Well, we, it's the toilet bowl, so I, know, I guess you don't want to eat anything in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, it's that's that's the problem. We so, got to we got to find. By the way, there's a, two there's, separate chicks. There's here. a serious controversy in the Clark household too that we're dealing with. Because Someone flush. No, 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 that's unrelated. <laughs> the The boys were asking me about who the... Because they were trying to grasp the fact that not all teams are named after animals, right? Mm. So they're like, so what's the mascot? What is the Miami Heat? We were talking about football specifically. Okay. So I'm like trying to attempt to explain Steely McBeam to them. 
who's of course famously the Steelers mascot, and they're, it's just they're struggling with it, right? They got the, the idea of like the Chargers mascot being a lightning bolt, but they were still struggling with stealing McBean. 49er, the, the minor. The 49er, the, the minor. I brought up, they brought up the Jets. They said, what's the Jets mascot? Now, quickly, I'm thinking to myself, do the Jets even have a mascot? And then I remembered Fireman Ed, right? Who's clearly not their mascot. He's not a mascot. But he kind of became sort of like a defense. By the way, they He's don't. like Wild Bill Hagee. Sort of like that. Yeah. But they don't have a mascot, so he became all the more important. Right. And my sons cannot understand why they don't get. It's, he should be a pilot. Why would he be a fireman? <laughs> that makes no sense. They're called the Jets. They're in the New York. It's all they've talked about all week. Every time they see a new person, I think they got a good they future. say they have a future in. Why is he a fireman? <laughs> They're not called the New York Firemen. They're called the New York Jets. He should be a pilot. They bring it up to strangers. They'll walk up to somebody on the street and they'll say, "Why? Do, do you understand that the guy from the Jets calls himself Fireman Ed? Why? <laughs> Why?" And you know what? But in fairness, he he's never put himself up as the mascot. Not as the mascot, but he right. did portray himself to be a, like a super fan of some sort. Yeah, he's a super fan. And yet he was a fireman. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with Jets. They have a point. They are correct about this, and no one has been able to come up with a good answer for it. No we don't. I, my father attempted to like have like a conversation about nine eleven and the heroes of nine eleven, and and they're just it's way over. They're like what? How do we explain it's Jets? We explain Captain Defense, but we have a mascot. Yeah, the okay. Jets don't okay. have a mascot. Gotcha. Their point is the Jets should just have a man dress up as a pilot, and then nobody would associate with Fireman Ed anymore. We would all associate the mascot of the Jets logically a guy that flies a jet. That checks out. They're right about this. They're, this is not dissimilar to Edible Mascot situation. They are correct. They have a serious point. That we haven't been able to get the bottom of. All right, we'll save. We don't need to give any more attention to quarterbacky girl. We can just wrap okay. up. That girl deserves no more recognition. That uh, that offered nothing to society. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So, last night, uh, Rich Eisen, this one comes from Rich Eisen, um, the, the, there are two coaches in Cleveland Browns history that have had multiple 11-win seasons, of course, Kevin Stefanski after last night, and the other... Marty Schottenheimer? Not Marty Schottenheimer. Paul Brown? Paul Brown. Yeah. Paul Brown and Kevin Stefanski, the only two Cleveland Brown head coaches. I mean, that's not plus. really all that surprising. I mean, they're, they're one of the most morbid franchises in American professional sports history. Like, it's not really all that surprising. Um, and then, uh, so Mike Evans, we talk, kind of we talked about, you know, Baker Mayfield potentially, uh, you know, talking about value to one's team well, with Sal so Palantonio. People that did, yeah, people that missed yes. it yesterday. So, so Sal Palantonio, Stan, told us that if he had an MVP vote, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson would be his MVP. Then he said, number two, number two on yeah. my list would be, why don't you guess? Yes. Yeah. Who would his second MVP? If he had a, if he voted it out, you had to go I mean, your top five. Christian McCaffrey. It would not be Christian McCaffrey. And it wouldn't be Brock Purdy. Wouldn't be Brock Purdy. Jalen Hurts. Wouldn't be Jalen Hurts. Joe Flacco. Would not go to Joe Flacco. Maybe he should. I might give ten, Stan ten guesses, and he might still not get it. He's he's four down. Zach Wilson. Not Zach Wilson. Not Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers, of course. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Not Kirk Cousins. Who would it be? 
Baker Mayfield would be his second vote for MVP. It was very interesting. Go ahead, Griffin. I should have um, known because you, you've been bashing him, and I sort of I I like bashing him. him. Yeah, you said he's you, you were doing our pick segment. So maybe you can make fine. the argument Mike Evans maybe should be considered I think, I think more than him. Mike or, Evans, who, by the way, has 13 receiving touchdowns this year, who has been – I am starting to come around. All thirteen. Thank you. I'm starting to come around on the idea that Mike Evans might be the most underappreciated receiver, it, it, maybe of all time. It's sort of, to me of this era. Well, so the stats, like so Keenan Allen and he to me are the yeah. two that are like the most that all they have ever done is be wildly productive, no matter what the circumstances. This is his were. fifth season with ten plus t- uh, receiving touchdowns. Um, he tied with a bunch of guys to do it. Had five such seasons of ten plus receiving touchdowns, but there are only six players who have done it six times. Can you name? There are only those six, six players who have had double digit touchdowns in six six seasons. times. Yes. Um, Randy Moss. Mm, yes, Randy Moss is tied for the most with nine seasons. Bob Hayes. Mm, Bob Hayes would be just outside. He is tied with Mike Evans for five seasons. Well, Jerry Rice. Uh, Jerry Rice tied with Randy Moss. They have the most all-time nine such seasons for both Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. And what's the other guy's name? The crazy guy, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Owens. Eight such seasons for Terrell Owens. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is just outside. He has five tied about, with Mike Evans. How about Harold Carmichael? Not Harold Carmichael. Um, Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Yes, six such seasons for Chris Carter of double-digit so, receiving. So how many are we missing? We are missing one, two, missing two. Two. Bobby Mitchell. Not Bobby Mitchell. It feels like they have to be more modern. Yeah, both of these two, yes. The, the way yeah, the yeah, football yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good point. Um, uh, Isaac Bruce? Not Isaac Bruce. Uh, what's the guy who played the, the tall guy from uh, the Lions? Calvin Johnson. Calvin Not Calvin Johnson. He didn't play enough, yeah, I don't think. He had four seasons for Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Um, uh, Marvin Harrison. Yes, Marvin Harrison. Eight seasons tied with T.O. of double-digit touchdowns. He's got 18... Eight, 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 yeah. And Andre Johnson? Not Andre Johnson. Torrey Holt? Not Torrey Holt. Reggie Wayne? Not Reggie Wayne. Is he a cowboy? Not a cowboy. Julio Jones? Not Julio. Not dominant enough for long enough. Um... Roddy White? Not Roddy White. The way that White. you said that made me think like you were trying and to he like... he is still active. That he is. is still active. Still active. Still, a- still active. Still active and has had... Six seasons of double-digit touchdowns. Am I going to feel silly about I feel like I Thielen, have to feel silly Thielen? about this. No, not Adam, Th- not Adam Thielen. He's had six still seasons active. of double-digit touchdowns. How about uh, Tyreek Hill? Feel, uh, no, Tyreek Hill has three seasons. Who... Why would I be blanking? Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Not DeAndre Hopkins. Where is DeAndre Hopkins? Hmm. Uh, oh, um, who's the great guy from the Bengals? Is no, he still Chase playing? Not, oh, yeah. oh, AJ, you Green. Not AJ Green. Green. Not AJ Green. Not AJ Green. Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams. I'm really surprised that Devontae Adams has had play has had enough. Yeah. You know, he to be all a, those years with in, in yeah, Green Bay. I'm just surprised. Um others with five with Mike Evans, uh you said Bob Hayes, Lance Allworth, Art Powell, Larry Fitzgerald, and Rob Gronkowski, all five such seasons. Double digit touchdowns. Very good. Yeah. Mike Evans. Harold Carmichael had five. Uh no no no. No, not Carmichael. Harold, Harold, I'm not sure how many he had. He's oh. not he's not in my top uh like twenty five okay. here. Uh, we can find out that answer yeah, in two we can. seconds. We have the internet. We have the ability to get answers. Harold Carmichael had 
Um, uh, one. 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 One in nineteen seventy nine, eight eleven touchdowns. It's only I thought he had alluded to that. He had some nines, some eights, some sevens. He had he had three seasons of nine or more touchdowns. He had five seasons of eight or more touchdowns. See, see how close I was. There you go. To if being he just right, had one or two more. Wrong. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly how it played out. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular wise. It's brought to you by the best of issue of Press Box, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. We close down the year. We try to make this issue sort of like a, an official Baltimore sports yearbook every year. And on the cover, we recognize the team of the year, the Baltimore Orioles, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, inside the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. Get it today for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all, pressboxonline.com slash of. All right, here's your rundown for the weekend. Today, local college hoops. Loyola's at St. Joe's at 7 on ESPN+. UMBC hosts American at 7.30, also on ESPN+. Bowl games, Clemson and Kentucky getting underway in the Gator Bowl right now on ESPN. Then they And what they do after the Gator Bowl, of course, is they, they dump you in a pond of live Gators. That's uh, that's how they celebrate afterwards. It's, uh, it's really neat. Liberty Bowl, Memphis, Iowa State at 3.30. Cotton Bowl, Missouri, Ohio State at 8 o'clock on Dogs ESPN. Dogs are barking today. Um, yeah, Ohio State, there's no chance they give an ass about playing in the, uh, the, the Cotton Bowl. And what's the line there? Uh, the Ohio State is minus four and a half. I, oh, I will be numbers. all over Mizzou. See, I would have expected that to be a bigger number. I like that more as a bigger uh, Mizzou, number. I think Mizzou can win outright. All right. All right. CBS Sun Bowl tonight, uh, or this afternoon, Oregon State and Notre Dame at 2 o'clock. Tomorrow, of course, Maryland, as Stan mentioned, taking on Auburn in the Music City Bowl. That's on ABC at 2 o'clock. NFL tomorrow night, Lions-Cowboys at 8.15 on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC. I guess that means it's a Manning cast. Towson at home tomorrow at 2 o'clock against Arcadia, for some reason playing a D3 uh, at this it's point. It's only non-D1 I think they have on the schedule. It's just weird to do it now instead of at the beginning of the year, right? It's, it's weird. Nice That's on uh, appetizer before conference play. They didn't, put that one, they didn't put that one on Monumental. That one's only on Flow Hoops. Uh, YouTube, uh, Del- Mount St. Mary's is at Delaware State at noon. Navy hosts William & Mary tomorrow at noon on ESPN+. Uh, the Peach Bowl tomorrow, Ole Miss, Penn State at noon on ESPN. Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State at 4. The Arizona Bowl, Toledo and Wyoming at 4.30 on the CW. And on Sunday, of course, Dolphins-Ravens at 1. Bengals-Chiefs is the 4.25 game. And uh, Steelers-Seahawks at 4 on Fox. Packers-Vikings on New Year's Eve, 8.20 on NBC. Maryland women take on Nebraska at 2.30 Sunday on Big Ten Network. Anything non-sports-wise this weekend? I guess all the New Year's stuff. Yeah, not yeah. Not, not a whole lot. Oh, and, uh, Dick, you, Dick, they, 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 they exhume the body of Dick Clark and roll him back out, <laughs> right? Uh, Dick Clark's primetime New Year's Rockin' Eve with right. Ryan Seacrest and Rita Ora and the Jonas Brothers. The sure. Neo will be there. Sure. It's on ABC. New Year's Eve. I never, I never miss it. Nashville's Big Bash on ah, CBS on ah. New Year's Eve if you want to watch still, that one. They still use Dick Clark's name on that? They still do. Dick well, Clark's I, primetime Dick New Clark, Year's. Clark Productions, I think, still exists oh, okay. as a company. Okay. Um, okay. Did you see Money Heist on Netflix? There's a new, there, it's called Berlin. There's like another, this is like part of that remember Money series Heist. or something. People, Some people were excited about it. That's the only Stan thing. wants me to watch this Australian show next, so that's what I'm going to do. Deadlock. Deadlock. Mm. With, an, with an H. Uh, to Tomorrow night on HBO, uh, there's a Time Bomb Y2K documentary about, you know, oh, how, the, the, like, every, how everybody were thought the world was going to end. Yeah. God, what a time that was. Oh, I've told this story a couple times. The most uncomfortable I've ever been. There was a girl that I liked, and she, her friend invited us to her boyfriend's house. So I would have been 17 at the time. So I still would have been in high school. And her friend's boyfriend's mom, we were down in the basement. Like, we had our own party going on there 
called all of us up out of the basement at like 1140 and said, we need to pray (laughs) because the mom was convinced (sighs) that the world was ending. Did you think it was going to end? No, not for a second. Did any 17-year-olds think it was going to end? No, and I'm pretty sure at the time we had even like the, the news media had gathered that like whatever this bug was that everybody was worried about, like we had gotten a hold of it. At worst, like your the ATM machines might not work for a day. Like that was the worst. And by the way, even that didn't happen. At twelve, oh, did she pray. wheel out a cake? No, there was no cake. And it, I would have accepted that at that point. I swear, we all sat there. Like she's, I mean, she she started praying, and we're all like looking around, like, what the maybe f do we yeah. do? If the world do was we... going to end, what, what good would the praying? Be? I'm not sure it would have helped anything. You're right. I was like, do we do we entertain this? Do we like? Continue the charade, or do we just like as she's praying, we all kind of like parade, sneak back downstairs, and continue what it is that we were doing before? It was uh, it was quite the night of my life. I by the way promised my uh, eight year old son he's allowed to try to stay up till midnight on Sunday night all for the first time. Let's in his life. go. That would be Graham. N- n- zero chance. None. No chance. He he's got it. it. No. My chance. money's on. My money's on the over. He's actually this week. Been like trying to read. He's in, he's always never done it before. He's never made it to midnight. The, in, the, in his life or in his any life. New Year's. In his okay. life, he's never made it to midnight. The longest he's okay, ever made right. it. I'll is take the under. Eleven. He did push it oh, to eleven yeah. one night. I'll hammer the under. But that was with some friends over. This is your oldest. My oldest son, eight and, years old. And you're, you're, He'll be nine in February, for what it's worth. So he's an old eight. I said, eight. "You're allowed to stay up." I told him, I, and in fact, I so said- he's third grade. Is he excited about yes. the prospect? Oh, very, he's been talking about it all week. All right, well. He's so confident well, that he's going to make it. About he's getting up for a big game. You know? Jets but understand, nobody's coming. At, well, the friends that we have coming over have younger kids, so they will have departed. We're doing like a fake midnight at 7 uh, with their kids. <laughs> so everybody else will have left. Absolutely zero chance, because I'm not going to like tell my six-year-old he's not allowed to, but that's not. We don't have to worry about that. He is not making it till midnight. So it's that's just not happening. So it's at midnight. Oh, Mrs. Clark will be in bed by nine thirty at the latest. Okay, at the latest she'll be in bed by. So the only reason. Sort of a great gift for your son. Yes. On his ninth birthday. Yeah. One of those greetings that people. I thought you were going to say a pop tart cake. Like George Santos would do a greeting. Okay, yeah, I can. About Fireman Ed. Getting. Oh man. (laughs) I got to look into that. It's not a bad idea, Stan. I'm real. Yeah. Right. It makes. Try to get him to hey, explain himself. It's Fireman Ed. I'm the mascot of <laughs> here's the jet. The, here's the reason why it makes sense. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm landing now. <laughs> really disturbed by it. Uh, no chance. So what you want to set it? Uh, if I set the time. Oh, now I'm. I said 11:15 is the time. Are no one's going, gonna be. No, everyone's gonna be out. It'll of the just house by like I, before nine. It will be me. My wife will be asleep. My wife will be asleep as well. She doesn't make. She doesn't care about it. I'm, I'm not saying she doesn't care about it. She'll wake up shortly after. You know, I mean, she'll fall asleep yeah, at ten. Mrs. Clark does request that at midnight I come in and give her a kiss. Right. She still requests that. I don't know why she cares. Like we could kiss tomorrow. It'll be the, the same thing. She still New requests year. it. Um, and then my my eight year old and my six year old will have passed out somewhere around like nine fifteen. Somewhere around there he'll pass out. Now there's a chance he wakes back up, but that doesn't count to me. Waking back up for midnight. I am offering if you want it to count, take a post Ravens game nap, right? Like Ravens game oh, ends. Well you can go take a nap then. And then you know he's yeah. taking he's taking oh, he nap. doesn't he because he doesn't he I don't need naps no he he won't take it he won't he won't do it he won't, won't take a nap it. okay won't so he's it. gonna be trying to go straight from he wants, wherever he gets up he wants to push 
from whatever it is, eight in the morning till midnight. No chance. Oh yeah. Zero. Okay. No, All right. Yeah, not gonna. Yeah. I'm also. We're giving him a shot at. So we're 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 not setting it at midnight. We're setting. No, eleven fifteen is the number I'm gonna set it at. Over or under? I think uh, you know how I treat you know any under. It's like you know when you see the you know the the, the Iowa playing and the under right. is set at twenty five and a half. Right. You still take you the still under. take the under. I get it. So yeah. you still want the under on I this? I think so. Yeah, I think I, so. I, I think it. I'm not sure. I'm not I sure think, how low it have to go. I, I think that's the smart <laughs> bet. I think that's the smart bet on this one. All right. Anything <laughs> else this weekend? Under no. eleven. Under. America's I don't think talent. he makes it to eleven fifteen. I think that the latest he gets to is about. Now we're gonna set up. He got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, so we're gonna set it up. I'm gonna let him play for a little while. We'll do that, but I still don't think that he can get. I think the moment he sits down, has he ever made it to the end of uh, like Sunday Night Football or anything? He's no, never. Okay. No, yeah, no, all right, yeah. No. This is a pretty. It's this is a clean cut. I'll take the not I'll hammer of the not under. happening. Not happening. All right, anything else? Quick. America's Got Talent Fantasy League. It looks terrible. They're okay. drafting teams now in America's Sounds Got awful. Talent. Sounds truly, truly awful. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Very good. Stan, uh, you'll be back in action Tuesday with the baseball show. Baseball show's Tuesday, and then uh, second baseball show, uh, Eric Garfield joins me to start uh, looking at some prospects. Excellent. That'll be next Thursday. Thanks today to Leroy Horde, who did not play for the Baltimore Stallions. We don't think, but he did play for the Baltimore Ravens for a minute. Thanks to Chuck Pagano. We'll get it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Evan Washburn will join us as he's working the broadcast this weekend for CBS. So we'll catch up with our friend Evan on Tuesday and uh, stuff and things. Stuff and things Tuesday. But I'll be on 105.7 The Fan Monday, uh, 11 to 1. So you can join me over there. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens, obviously. Go Maryland football. Go local hoops teams. Duke sucks.